It's six o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, man critical after Milton Keynes stabbing. Second court appearance for man accused of murdering Hemel Hempstead woman. The new shadow chancellor apologises for IRA and Thatcher comments. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon and suffering life-threatening injuries. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after 4pm. The victim, a man in his 30s, has been taken to hospital. Thames Valley Police say they've believe it is not a random attack and they're hunting for those responsible. Meanwhile, a man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. 23-year-old Marcin Poshinsky is also charged with two counts of kidnap and one count of trespassing with intent to inflict GBH. Officers had spoken to him not long before 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. The case has now been referred to the police watchdog. Labour's new Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell has apologised for the first time for saying that members of the IRA deserve to be honoured. Speaking on the BBC's Question Time programme, he said his remarks more than a decade ago had been an attempt to persuade Republicans to support the peace process. He also said he was sorry for saying in 2010 that he would like to go back in time and assassinate Margaret Thatcher. It was, a, it was an appalling joke. It's ended my career in stand-up, let's put it that way. Um, the... Uh, and I and I apologise for it as well. It was a, an, an off an off the cuff remark. Croatia has shut all but one of its border crossings with Serbia after thousands of migrants and refugees travelled there en route to northern Europe. They've been seeking a new route after Hungary sealed its border with Serbia. An NHS report has found there are wide regional variations in stroke and cancer care for patients in England. Health service leaders say the figures expose inconvenient truths. Mike Smith is chairman of the Patients Association. There are some areas where the social services and the hospitals and the GPs barely talk to each other. Other areas where they say, come on, let's get together. Now that's what we've got to do for everyone. And nothing else is good enough when we're running what is, after all, a public service and we're seeing these gross anomalies for lack of perhaps local leadership talking to each other and that's got to change. Young homeless people are being put at risk because local councils are failing to assess how vulnerable they are. That's according to the charity Centrepoint, who are concerned they may be at risk of physical or sexual violence. The charity says last year less than 17% of homeless young people in central Bedfordshire were assessed to see if they needed urgent housing. In sport, the Rugby World Cup kicks off tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which will be heavy with the risk of hail and thunder, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. OK, hang on, this should work, this should work. Yes, it's working. We're in, yeah, yeah.
I'm up for your love. Love heats my blood. Blood spins my head and my head falls in love. Stevens, isn't it? Before he went weird, as my mum would say. Morning, ladies. Ladies, all oh, the ladies in the house say, ladies, shopping at boots. Ian Lee, BBC, Three Counties Radio. I mean, jeez, it's a Friday. How did that happen? Well, I mean, Across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio 03459 Speaking of ladies uh, It's Catherine Boyle and Kelly Betts Wow huh? You never called me that before um, yeah. Did you, Sorry? I can't hear you Kelly So you're, you're out of the game You're out Oh. But Catherine we can eat Scorings come in don't worry about noise, come in. Speaking of ladies. Hey. Woo! That's one sexy hot mama. <laughs> That's it, Kelly. You, uh, you've broken it. Thank you, Paul. It's a, it's a Friday morning, um, just, sh- just a gentle shuffle start well, you, to the show. That's you know sort of... Friday afternoon cars. What? This is a Friday morning show. Hey, when Milton Keynes, so it's official now, Milton Keynes has got, if I got this right, they've got a fleet of, of 100 driverless cars. Is that right, Paul? I saw a video on the, the Facebook page. I literally watched the first five seconds with the sound down. And from that, I've extrapolated that Milton Keynes have got 100 driverless cars. And in fact, if you own a, a car that, that features driving facilities, you can be fined up to £100 a day. Is that correct? Yeah. And you Thank can, you. And you can trade in your uh, current car for a driverless car. That's true. If you pop into any of your local branches of Nissa or Happy Shopper, and say, hi, I'm here with the Paul Scoyne's trade-off, they'll uh, just happily swap your car for a driverless car. We're also getting reports through that people who are driving their own cars are being called mugs and idiots by passers-by in the street. Yeah, well, that will will probably learn them. That'll learn them. It will. Actually. Paul, great to see you. Morning. Font's a little bit too small for me. What is this, a nine? 
Uh, I, I prefer a 12. Do you prefer it? <laughs> I do. I had... Well, I mean, that's... Is he using Comic Sans? No, no, he's, he's, done, he's done it in that um, um, hieroglyph. Ringdings. Ringdings. <laughs> 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 Got a great new font, guys. You can't read it, and it's called Wingdings. What, what is there not to like? <laughs> now... The reason that you're here is because Bedfordshire Police have confirmed John Boucher as their new police chief. The previous chief constable, Colette Paul, retired after just two years on the job, after initially suggesting that she'd stay for five. I like Colette Paul. Mm. Didn't like her PR person. PR person. She announced her decision after Police Commissioner Ollie Martins failed to convince the public to vote to give the force a bigger share of council tax. Political reporter Paul Scorns with me. Paul, it sounds like he's going to have his work cut out. Yes, he will indeed. I mean, that amount of money that that precept uh, referendum was going to raise somewhere in the region of four and a half million pounds. That was going to pay for around a hundred extra officers. And uh, the commissioner wasn't able to convince the uh, the general public to go for that. So uh, that did leave the um, force in a difficult position. Um, he said he only had to do that because he was in that difficult position, that they had not received the funding that a yeah. force with the challenges that Bedfordshire Police has uh, was due. And... The next job, I suppose, was to try and get that funding formula changed. There's been discussions at a very high level with the Home Secretary and others in that department about how that works. I understand there is going to be some changes to that very shortly. But um, they could they could do worse out of that. It's not a guarantee that that system is actually going to improve their lot. That's not guaranteed. They'll, they'll be reassessed. Everyone will be reassessed. They will, yes, indeed. And, and some forces will... Do we we'll lose off. money? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Bedfordshire Police is hoping that it's not one of them, and that uh, it's made its case mm. to the Home Office to try and get those funding uh, uh, levels. Is, it Pen- is, is Mike Penning? In, did, we spoke to him about that, I think. Didn't he I? has been Police Minister, and I'm now just hastily in my head Sorry, trying I'll to work you on out the whether spot. or not he is still the police. Officer. There's been a reshuffle. I think he's still in charge of police. I think he is. We, we certainly spoke to him about it. Maybe it was... Anyway, anyway, I've put you on the spot. It's he was Rhodes six. for a while. Then he went to police. Then he went to Northern Ireland. Maybe... Oh, I don't know where he is. Now. I think he is police. John Boucher, tell, yes. us, tell us about the Bouch. <laughs> what, what about the Bouch? Um... John Boucher has been a, um, a senior police officer for a number of years now. So he has been in Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire since 2011. Before that, he was in the Met uh, as a commander. He oversaw the manhunt for the uh, 21-7 bombers and, uh, and and various other high-level terrorist um, uh, incidents. Uh, he was on duty 7-7 as well, I think. And um, since 2011, he's worked at, uh, at Hertfordshire. He was... Um, Assistant Chief Constable in Hertfordshire, then moved on to be the Assistant Chief Constable of the uh, Tri-Force Alliance, the um, uh, the sort of Beds, Hearts and Cambridge uh, mm. uh, sort of initiative on, on terror and various other uh, high-level crime activities. He has been the Deputy Chief Constable at Bedfordshire under Colette Paul uh, since... 2014, so a, a year or so. So he has uh, really... I, I would say he was the... I wouldn't say the anointed candidate. He was certainly the the um, the force favourite within the uh, within the within the staffing. Uh, there were only two applicants for the job, yeah. and uh, he got it. So uh, you know there was a, a rigorous process that he had to go through. There was a series of interviews. He had to go through a, a staff Q and A, which was hosted by some guy. Well, it was hosted by me. Hey. Um, 
uh, which was an interesting... Did you get a few quid for that? No, I got no money for that. Oh. Got no money for that. Cash in hand. Sweet. No, no, no. I, I, like got, no, I got like... literally no... No, no. no. I got no money for that. I like your style. Listen. I got no if, money for I, that. Listen, if you, if you got back to your car and you found 200 quid <laughs> in the glove compartment, <laughs> got, what's that got to do with it me? It did not happen. Okay. It was denied. I've got emails to prove that. Have you got I to... will publish those emails. Have you got a laminated get-out-of-jail card? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever get arrested? You yeah. just go, I think you want to look at this. <laughs> I can do any speed I like in Bedfordshire. Once I cross the border, though... I have to be careful. Yes. Um, no, but that was a really interesting experience, and he got a proper grilling from staff. The questions from that came uh, along the lines of, you know, what are you going to do about child sexual exploitation? A massive issue, of course. We've, you know, heard only uh, in the last couple of years about the number of historic sexual uh, uh, abuse cases, and you know, they cost a lot of money to be investigated. They yep. take a lot of time. They're not easy arrest cases. They take a, a long time to build up. So, what's he going to do? About that he's going to uh, look at employing more officers in those areas he said uh, was was asked about the relationship between the different forces now you know all these forces are being asked to do far more uh, together now so beds hearts cambridge and all and beyond um, are going to have to work closer and closer together what's the identity of that force now do, do people on the street you know understand it's still bedford you question me now things? no no i'm asking rhetorical questions thank you um the other issue, of course, is funding and what happens with those officers. He, I understand he is very close to being able to uh, uh, get some details from the Home Office on making up that shortfall in the numbers that would have been provided by the referendum. Okay. Uh, so there may be some movement on that. Is soon. everyone happy with his appointment? Well, I haven't asked every single officer. Okay, a bit but, disappointing. Uh, <laughs> I did get... <laughs> I thought you might have done. Um, I got a sense from the um uh the q a that he was seen as a good safe pair of hands he he got a glowing uh, um, reference from colette paul um colette paul let's talk about why she moved on a little bit because i think she felt after the referendum hadn't gone through that she had taken the force to about the length of time that uh you know the the to, what so she as could far do. as she could. Now, the issue about pensions and stuff, the thing is, John Boucher's been a police officer for 30 years or so. Yeah. He's reached peak pension. Yeah. He can't put any more into his pension. Into his pot. The other candidate who was in the running for this was yeah. also in that situation. Yeah. Colette Paul was in that situation. So there, to, to do this job actually costs them money because they have to put the money into the pension pot, but it doesn't uh, increase. Yeah. So that's just effectively money they have to get rid of. So the idea that they're building up a big pension by just sitting behind a desk doesn't doesn't ring. They've okay. already got that money. That's in the bank. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the issue is because you know, they're, they're earning more money, but it is a tough job and they're going to have to deal with some difficult things in the next few years. Um, your favourite... Uh, um, your favourite... That's my coffee, mate. Oh. So don't even think about that. It's your favourite um, special mug. Your favourite arrest manoeuvre. Um, well, I'm a big fan of the on the floor behind the back. Mm. I like up against the wall, arms behind the back. Mm. I also like coming out of the building slowly with both arms raised. The, yeah. That's traditional. I like the hands it's up. It's a good one. It's a traditional. Your favourite arrest manoeuvre, please, to celebrate John Boucher getting a job. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 
one at slow southbound between Junction 10 for Flittick and the Toddington services where the roadworks are. In Stevenage on Martins Way there's a lane closed for roadworks in both directions between Canterbury Way and Hitchin Road so being told to expect delays there. And this morning in Tame it's the fair so the High Street's closed between the Rising Sun and the War Memorial. On the trains Great Northern reporting possible delays through Hartford North because of a signalling problem. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, I mean, Scoyans were just having a sleep off. Well, at least I was. I don't know what you were up to. <laughs> we were seeing who was the most tired by seeing who could fall asleep the quickest. I won. 6.16, it's Friday. Thank God for that. Uh, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is, is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And Labour's new shadow chancellor, John McDonnell, has apologised for the first time for saying that members of the IRA deserve to be honoured. Don't worry, the band's coming up next. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. This afternoon, I'm joined by one of the nation's favourites. I hope people get a lot of fun from stories and readings and I've got some wonderful archive material that I've unearthed. Michael Palin discusses his diaries. I enjoy talking about my work. It's part of what you have to do anyway, but I mean, I don't think I'd have published diaries if I didn't want somebody to read them and talk about them. His career. The idea of preparing for Monty Python made me aware that I enjoy being on stage, enjoy being in front of a live audience. And his life. Other times you will just have to persuade someone that they should pay for the work you want to do. Michael Palin with me Nick Coffer today from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's 
Did we get a word in each way, Ria? Classic, classic. Not talking about the band, I'm talking about Sadiq. What's your favourite hat, Sadiq? Stetson. Oh, could you speak up, boss? Stetson. Thank you. Be proud of it. Knockers are better. That's true, but uh, good Stetson goes a long, long way. Mark's on the line. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. We are asking to celebrate the fact that John Boucher is, Catherine? He is the new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire. What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? What have you got for us? Someone's coughed on the floor, refusing to stand up, plumb into the pressure point on the back of the ear and lift. Are you a copper? No. Oh, <laughs> you were, have, <laughs> He's just a student of copperisms. <laughs> have you ever done that on someone? I have. I was in the security industry for almost 20 years. Oh, mate. Now, it's, it's, you're being very vague. That makes me think you're, you're um, SAS. No, no, no. Uh, I was a security officer for government buildings as well as uh, across the board on retail and other, other areas. Within so you're either industry. a spook or a store detective, either of which deserve ultimate respect. <laughs> when it, now I used to when I used to work in um, in shops many many years ago, and I'll end up there again one day. I make no bones about that. The store detectives were the um, for most of their time, right? They had nothing to do, but so they would just pretend that they were like Starsky and Hutch or something, <laughs> and they would just walk around and pretend they were uh, top American detectives. You ever done that, Mark? No, I've never done that. I'm professional. I don't muck around like that. No, you take it when you're when you're when you're about to apply uh, a thumb to the pressure point behind the ear. You take it very seriously. <laughs> other things, yeah. Mark, thank you very much indeed. We're asking this morning your uh, your favourite arrest positions, arrest manoeuvres. Scott on Twitter says, I like the arrest where the baddie peeps behind a wall and the copper is there, gun raised, and says, not so fast, Sonny. Oh, do you know what I like? Yeah. When the baddie's in bed with someone and they <laughs> all burst in and say, put your trousers on, you're nicked. Uh, Adam says, uh, reckon it's got to be the GTA-style drag through the open car window. Oh. Classic, yeah. That is... Daily. 
do you reckon you could get get a piece on that favourite arrest manoeuvres? Oh, of course you can. Why am I even asking him? Of course he can. He's probably got it already down pat. And I take it we're going to ask John Boucher when he comes in oh, as well. Oh, um, will I have the balls? Yeah, why the hell not? Of course, for goodness sakes. Uh, 03 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Thank you for that. Was that Mark? An excellent caller. Excellent. Have we spoken to Mark before? Uh, no, well, but I wouldn't I, like to be pinioned by him. I want to speak to him. I, he, the, uh, he was so eager to, to share that... Um, I feel like I know how to do it now. Pressure point behind the ear. Kelly, can I um, just touch your ears? OK. Um, hey, what's this story? Oh, yeah, right. Do you remember a few months ago when a Milton Keynes councillor told us he didn't agree with hostels for young people and they should just go home and patch things up with their parents? He was Labour, wasn't he? Nigel yeah, Long. apparently. Turns out he isn't the only one missing the point when it comes to helping the young homeless. Last year, fewer than 17% of those who told Central Bedfordshire Council they were homeless were even assessed. The charity, Centrepoint, says people are being put in danger. Catherine, what sort of assessments are we talking about? Well, we're talking about what should happen when a young homeless person turns up at a council building or contacts the local council to ask for support. What happens is they should be assessed to see whether indeed they are a priority for housing. Now, different authorities use a range of assessment criteria to determine whether someone's a high priority and in need of an urgent housing. But issues such as age, mental health uh, and health can all be taken into account and problems such as the risk of exploitation, risk of abuse, whether whether they're in danger, basically, should also be looked out for. But the thing is, uh, what Centrepoint is saying, that their figures suggest that most people aren't even getting an initial assessment. Uh, and what do we know about the figures on this? Well, Centrepoint asked every local authority how many young homeless people they assessed last year. They then compared this to the numbers of people who contacted their local authorities to ask for help. Now, for the sake of their question, young people were considered to be 18 to 25. Some of our local councils declined to provide statistics or said they didn't have ready access to them. The ones that did showed that councils are assessing surprisingly few people who come to them. Last year in central Bedfordshire, 513 people, young, uh, young people presented themselves as homeless to the council. Only 86 of those 513 were actually assessed. In North Hertfordshire, the number was 117 young people coming to the council for help. Of that, 117, 30 were assessed. Uh, and what are the concerns with this? Well, Centrepoint say that every young person should be assessed. If they go to the council, they should be seen and uh, they should be assessed as to whether they need immediate help. People may have learning difficulties or be ill and completely unable to live safely on the streets, says the charity. Uh, others may be escaping a dangerous home environment and not assessing them may, will mean that they may return to it. Uh, they also argue that rehoming young people quickly allows them to continue to study or work, meaning that they will remain a burden on councils for only a relatively short amount of time. But We'll be speaking to Centrepoint about this in more detail later on. Um, that's that big building, isn't it, in um, Tottenham Court Road? A pointy one. Yeah. You got um, a record, is I've it? I've got an amazing record. How long is it? Uh, about a centimetre and a bit. Let's have a little look, please. What track? Two. Uh, well, we might be late for the travel, but do you know It'd what? be worth it. Um, I'm in that kind of vibe, so that's that, that's that, that's... <laughs>
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 in both directions, expect delays today through roadworks between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable. It was looking busy earlier, but it's eased off a bit now, but it is likely to cause queues when it gets busier again. In the North Circular Road and westbound in Neasden, between the M1 at the Staples Corner flyover and Wembley, there are queues starting to build up. The A40 in High Wycombe has roadworks at the junction between Bradenham Road and Chorley Road, so that could cause some delays too. And on the trains, Great Northern reporting possible delays southbound at Hartford North because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after four o'clock. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. 23-year-old Marcin Porsinski is also charged with two counts of kidnap. 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. And Labour's new Shadow Chancellor, John McDonnell, has apologised for the first time for saying that members of the IRA Ray deserved to be honoured. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Rugby World Cup kicks off tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. More from BBC Sports editor Dan Rowan. With 2.3 million tickets sold, Rugby Union's showpiece will be watched by more people than ever before. The World Cup, the biggest sports event to hit these shores since the Olympics. While London 2012 has so far failed to realise its aim of making the nation more active, organisers of England 2015 say they're confident the tournament will deliver a lasting legacy and help grow the game. Much could depend on the fortunes of the home nations, with England desperate to get off to a good start against dangerous outsiders Fiji tonight. In last night's Europa League matches, former MK Dons midfielder Deli Ali starred for Tottenham as they beat Azerbaijan's Karabag 3-1. Liverpool drew one all in Bordeaux. The Premier League resumes tomorrow with Watford away to bottom club Newcastle. Ben Watson is expected to replace the suspended Valon Barami as Kike Flores side bid for their second league win. We are very happy. We are working the same way than, than before the, the first win because uh, we try to re- before the, the work, we try to... Um, not change nothing. We have uh, more power, including you know, big moral after the after the first win. In the championship, a crowd of around 20,000 is expected at Stadium MK with the upper tier open as Milton Keynes Dons host Leeds. In League Two, Luton looks set to recall Steve McNulty for the home match with Mansfield due to Scott Cuthbert's suspension. Luke Guttridge is an injury doubt. Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet. Wickham travel to Orient. In tennis, Great Britain start their Davis Cup semi-final against Australia today and practice starts today for Sunday's Singapore Grand Prix with Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton leading the Drivers' Championship by 53 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at seven.
Easy. We don't want to go from a sleepy country to a sluggy country. What? Who did that? Peter. No, who did that song? Was it Take That? Someone did that, didn't they? A boy band did that no. song. No. I don't band. think they've messed with that one. Boy, boy, oh. A boy band did that song. Did they? Yeah, it wasn't London Boys. Um, who did that song? Don't I'm doing fine now. No, we don't need to sing it, we just heard it. That's the this next one. No, I'm wrong. Who did that song? Someone 03459 555555. It's the uh, Friday morning quandary. The uh, Who did that song? Who done that? Who done that? And also, your favourite arrest manoeuvres, please. I like it when um, uh, there's like uh, 20 people running from a building and there's only two cops and they're stood there and they don't know where to target, so everyone's running past and then they manage to get catch the slowest runner. I like that manoeuvre. Yeah, it's a li- good one. I like it when the sexy undercover lady cop uh, pulls a gun out of her boot. Oh, or or yeah, or when um, she's doing up she's doing up her boot, but she has to put her foot on the table, and you see her stocking top, and there's a gun. Yeah. Uh, there's a gun in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. You don't want to know where her badge is. Uh, um, what other favourite? Um, um, Alyssa, Jamie. Morning. Who done that? Pasadena's. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. They indeed. weren't a boy band, though, were they, Jamie? Come on. Not really, but it was. They sung it better. You reckon? Excuse, yeah. excuse me, what? If we play, the original was by. Was it New York City, wasn't it? No, mate. That's a place. The whole of New York City did it. You say. Let's have a little look at. Um... I didn't take you for a soul boy, Jamie. Oh yeah, fair play. It's by New York City. The whole place. There you go. Bit grumpy today, Jamie. No, mate. I'm fine. Yeah. What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? <laughs> Can't say that on radio. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you not? Do you like being taken from behind? Oh, we'll leave it out. Thank you. <laughs> Have well, a good day. <laughs> thanks for calling, Jamie. Bye bye. Oh, and he's gone. That's all he phoned for. He's he's gone uh, there. I also, and this isn't technically an arrest manoeuvre. But I do like it when uh, a crook runs through a field, but there happens to be a helicopter with uh, thermo uh, imaging devices on board and you can see them. Yeah. I do like that. Do you know what I like? When they go through boxes yeah. or a mirror yeah. being carried across a road. And then... You're thinking of Alice in Wonderland. No, and then the, and then the, um, and then the uh, baddie ends up being sprawled across their bonnet. Yeah, yeah. And then they have him. Favourite arrest manoeuvres, please. 03459 455 555 is the phone number. I'd quite like being a copper if that was allowed every day. Um, what have I written down? Oh yeah, here we go. Look at this. This, but this is a this is a phenomenon. Right. Right. A, I've got a documentary on my computer. I downloaded it probably legally. Pirate Bay is legal, yeah. That's a legal. Pl- <clears throat> about a woman who did this, and it's a phenomenon. American comedian Steve Ranazzi has revealed he lied. What did he lie about? Oh, being somewhere dramatic. Yeah. See that? Yeah. See nine eleven. Yeah, he lied. Well, I mean, we were we were all in nine eleven. We all ex- we all were in that we day. We didn't all witness it. We weren't firsthand. all in the World Trade Center, yeah. uh, which he says he was. He had claimed 
He was on the 54th floor of the South Tower in his old job with finance firm Merrill Lynch. But the New York Times discovered he worked elsewhere in the city's midtown. Oh. Rana Zizi, 37, star of US show The League, tweeted, I was not at the Trade Centre that day. I don't know why I said this. I am truly sorry. I made a mistake. I deeply regret. That's the American Stephen Hawking, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Comedy Central, due tomorrow to air the star special, said, We are disappointed to hear about Steve's misrepresentations. FX, which screens the league, added, I have an American accent. It is upsetting. Say hello to my little friend. It is upsetting he would fabricate a story about having survived the horrible tragedy. Mm. But it's a phenomenon. And I must... um, I, I must watch that documentary. Uh, I think it's called "The Woman Who Wasn't There" or something about. And she kind of lied, and she went on. She got money raised what? for her, and she uh, she was she was part of the sort of friendship groups that that were set up afterwards, and a bit of a bit of a leader a, in that. There's a she? name for that. There's a there's a there's a word for people um, that um, pretend they are involved in big disasters. Apart from being bullshiners, there's there's actually a, a, a psychological phenomenon. Morning, Johnny. Hello. Hello, Johnny. Hello. How are you? Um, um, do you know what? I'm not brilliant, mate, but I'm, I'm surviving the light. What, what can you? What, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's lovely. It's good to see that you're well and everybody's happy. No, I just, I don't know if you heard. I just said I wasn't very. I said I wasn't very well. Oh. So you weren't. Li- you asked the question, Johnny, and you weren't listening. But that's how it's always been. I, I just come so, on with an agenda, and I just prattle on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an agenda bender. Here we go. Yes, yes, Johnny. I got the answer. I got the answer. First of all, before I tell you about the answer, I want to tell you, the chap from the Pasadenas... Yes. I met him once. Very nice chap. We say the Uh, chap from the Pasadenas. That's dismissing all of the good work that the other three Pasadenas did. No, it was the one on the right. If you look Uh, at the photo, last on the right. Okay. He was wearing a black sweater. And I met him once at 5am on a New York subway. And we had a jolly good time. How, did you, how would you how would you recognise a Pasadena? Well, I was a big fan, so I had always no carried an album fan. cover with me. No one's a big fan of the Pasadenas. Anyway, well, you, Johnny, yes? Didn't you used to mimic their dancing in your bedroom? I don't really remember. I'm fine now. OK. Well, thanks for calling, Johnny. Hey, it's a pleasure. There we go, for someone. Um... I don't think I've ever danced at home in front of the mirror. I mean, I've you played, lived. I've played um, uh, rock guitar with a tennis racket. Have you ever cried? Sorry? Just to see what it looks like. No. Girls, girls do that all the time. Cried? Well, let's ask a girl. Girl, do you, have you ever cried to see what it looks like? You're still not speaking. OK, let's try that one. Um, no. Thank I you heard. very much indeed. There I we heard. go. Turns out it doesn't look pretty. <sighs> There's a way you can do it. So this fella, he's built a shed. Shed of the year, flipping. Cheese of the year. Belle of the year. Oh. A finalist in Britain's shed... Oh, he's only a finalist. He's not even a winner. He's not even shed of the year. By the way, Dave and Bedford's favourite arrest procedure is Are You Feeling Lucky Punk? Magnum. Clint Eastwood. Dave and Bedford. Nice. <laughs> There's a list of people that he's used it on or what. A finalist in Britain's shed of the year competition has been told to knock it down because it doesn't have planning permission. I'd say knock it down because it looks stupid. Jonathan Melville Smith, 62, goodness sakes, I got their hippie, hippie shed, crafted the 80 square foot pixie shed from recycled wood in his back garden and rents it out as a holiday home. Well, then that's not a shed. No. That's a holiday home. It's a chalet. The shallow chalet. Jonathan Melville, oh, we've done that bit. 
Neighbours complained... This <laughs> is not a shed! Neighbours complained about the land being used as a campsite and the smell from the chemical toilets. Oh, dear. There's not a shed! He applied for planning permission, but the council has refused and is ordering the shed to be demolished. There's not a shed! The wibbly-wobbly-shaped building reached the finals of the 2014 Shed of the Year contest thanks to its intriguing design. Jonathan from St Kevern, Cornwall, who's a pin decision said I'm from Cornwall. We didn't set it out as holiday let. I suppose I thought at the time, just bloody shed, innit? Well, no, when you put a toilet in, it's not a shed anymore. Well, but I mean, look at it. It's, it's, uh, hang on, there's a better one in the Express. I'll show you the picture in the Express. Because it just looks stupid and you think, oh, he's a bit wacky. He's a bit they a... are a bit in Cornwall, though, aren't they? I mean, look at that. That's just oh. stupid. This is stupid. What's wrong with what's wrong with straight walls? Final one, and then we'll have the travel, and then we'll have a record. Have you got something? Yeah. Go on then. Determined not to turn into a grumpy old man. Uh oh. Oh, Jamie, too late. Research suggests the path of men's happiness is set by the age of twenty-seven. Oh God. With those who struggle to get going in their careers paying a heavy price oh, later on. Oh dear. For women, different factors are at play. Getting a degree and agree, uh, achieving upward social mobility were more important for determining happiness in later life. What, put, upward, I, I, what does upward social mobility Making mean? out you're posher than you really oh, were. Okay, okay, yeah, I can dig that, man. The research conducted by the University of Edinburgh using data going back to 36, 1936, project called the Six Day Sample, blah, 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 found that men who failed to meet early career goals by 27 and had a high number of jobs in those years fared worse in later life. Here's a question that reminds me of, how do we know dinosaurs are real? Bones in it. I've never seen a dinosaur bone. Have you seen a fossil? Yep. Oh god, you know who's going to ring now? Who? Colin. Oh, it's for hashtag Fossil Friday. Um, He'll be shining one up as he listens. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does that anyway. Uh, I've never seen a dinosaur bone. I've seen the fake dinosaur bones at the Natural History Museum. Mm. I've seen a fossil, which is a stone. I've never seen a dinosaur Could bone. Be a carving. And how do we know what colour dinosaurs were? Barney. Oh, yeah, 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 pink, yes. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. How do we know dinosaurs are real? The Pasadenas. And your favourite arrest manoeuvre, please, if you'd be so kind. If it's been employed on you or you've done it yourself, that would just be awesome. Oh, and if you've ever had to confiscate someone's belt as well. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Welling Garden City on Hartford Road, there's a lane closed between the A1M and Hartford Road, and that's while some road work's gone, so that could get busy later, but it's looking quiet at the moment. Also in St Albans on the North Wilberton Road, expect queues there later because the lane's closed each way between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout. The A1 has queues starting to build up southbound from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner, and further afield on the M25 clockwise, it's blocked between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock after a serious accident. On the train's great Northern have 15 minute delays at Hartford North because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy? Yeah? What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? I roly like a good shot. Sorry? I don't, I don't really know any. But Did I've you just say the roly poly? Roly poly, yeah. Shall I ask you the question again? 
Well, okay. What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? Well, I don't have a favourite. Have you? Do you? you but you, I've you, not been arrested. But if you had to pick one, you'd pick the roly poly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling. I mean. Um, right, 6.46, Friday the 18th September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And Lado's, uh, Labour's new Shadow Chancellor, John McDonnell, has apologised for the first time for saying that members of the IRA deserve to be honoured. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We're going to see some pretty hefty showers around today across the three counties, so do watch out for those. They could pop up just about anywhere at any time through the morning, lasting into the afternoon. Now, they tend to be quite slow moving because we've got some very light winds, so we could get some surface water from them, possibly even a rumble or two of thunder, so pop your body in your bag. But, of course, there'll be drier, brighter weather in between. We do have some mist and some low cloud around this morning. That should slowly lift through the course of the morning. It should be bright again by the time we get to the 8 or 9 o'clock across most areas but do watch out for those showers lots of brightness in between the showers of course some sunny spells and highs in the best of that brightness up to around um, 17 or even possibly 18 degrees that's uh, 64 in Fahrenheit now as we head through into this evening um, again through the rush hour we may well see some of those showers but they'll fade away quite quickly into the night so I think for the rugby opener at Twickenham it should be a dry picture once more by the time the match starts at 8 o'clock but you could get wet travelling travelling uh, to it you won't get you won't get wet travelling back from it as it were, uh, because it should be dry by then. Dry overnight, there will be some mist forming into tomorrow morning. Overnight lows of around 10 or 11 degrees, but a bit lower than that, I think, in the rural spots will sit, slip into single figures. And then tomorrow, quite a chilly, misty start. Uh, it will be a dry weekend, actually. We may just see one or two very small, isolated showers just here and there on Saturday, but otherwise dry with lots of good spells of sunshine around. Temperatures up to 17 or 18 degrees Celsius on Saturday and on Sunday. Quite a misty start to the day again on Sunday, a rather chilly night and it's looking a bit unsettled into the start of next week. That's the forecast. Every weekday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning. Do you think it's right to tell a million disabled people they should get off benefits and find a job? Have your say on today's big phone-in. People who are going to be in nuisance are going to be in nuisance regardless of whether they're a thing to do. Is it true that people over the age of 65 drink far too much booze? The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Waited and the receipt came out. But the cash didn't. It's become a problem of late because obviously the trees got bigger as we got here. We couldn't shut the French windows. It, it would appear that they'd buckled. I had a phone call from my daughter saying, if we don't get off the train, they're going to hand us over to the British Transport Police. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
want a drum on trumpet because I haven't got one. Oh dear. Long, my brain turns to mush. The reason a cat calls your lap because it's fighting to sit on a snake. If it was a whisper, if it was a shout. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. A biddly biddly bong. Sometimes I. You, you listen to those records again and again and again and you always get something new. That's the magic of the Stone Roses. Uh, what have you got in the papers? Chimps like horror films. Have you seen this one? <laughs> They're doing it in Japan. Oh. Showing chimps films and tracking their do, eye they? movements. They would do. Uh, 12 Apes were shown two specially prepared films twice, 24 hours apart. Apparently they were given juice as well to drink and they were so engrossed in it they forgot to drink their juice. Um, their eye movements were tracked the first film an actor in an ape suit bursts out of one of two doors in the background attacked a man in the foreground and stole the banana he was eating in the second it was the ape or the man in the ape suit that was attacked they started apparently looking behind doors (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the chimp started sort of mimicking what they've seen in the film. But that's just like cats will chase. Like, that, have you ever put? You've got a dog, haven't you? Just I have. Well, my mum has. Yeah. Have, have you ever put um, like a, a video of a mouse or a cat or something on a on a on the telly mm. and the dog they go nuts for it? Yeah, but no. they don't no, start looking for mice though. Because well, these chips were looking behind real doors wow. after seeing the so man. That, that just proves that monkeys are really, really stupid. They remember stuff. <laughs> really, really stupid monkeys. Yes. I wish we had wild monkeys here. Little ends. Someone who's never seen a, uh, um, uh, a scary film because he's too scared is Paul Scoynes. Too scared to watch a scary what? film. Too scared to watch a scary film. You are joking. No, no, honestly. It's like a real proper... I sent him a scary film and he said, I'm not watching that. I said, well, I've paid oh, for it. He's, he's got the, the cheek to come in this morning wearing a Christmas jumper. Now, oh, that says to me, no. he's giving it large. Okay, like, he's giving like it large. The I respect the jumper. I respect okay, the jumper. He's, he's wearing a weird jumper. He's giving it large, yet he's never seen a horror film. That's disgusting. Never he's no seen, man. He's never seen a horror film. Uh, a favourite... Have you ever been arrested, Just? You strike me as the sort that would <laughs> annoy the police, but just yeah. be on the right side of the law. Yeah, exactly. You, you've got to know your facts. You've got to know how to get away with these things. No, yeah. I've never been arrested. OK. But what's your, have you got a favourite arrest uh, manoeuvre? Yeah, absolutely. Hands behind your back. Get your head on the floor. Eat yeah. the pavement yeah. now. Yeah. That is my favourite arrest manoeuvre. I'll tell you what I like. I like it when they kick down a door. Do you? Yeah, I love it when they kick down a door and they all burst. Right, everyone! <laughs> I like it when they tell you to get out of your car and spread them. Yeah, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> We're not talking about dogging. <laughs> talking about police, police authorities. Have you ever been arrested, Kels? You should be arrested today because you look so hot. It's criminal. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that right? Uh, sure. Okay, Justin, you've taken this to the streets. Yeah, uh, John Boucher, the new chief of Bedfordshire Police. Oh, yeah, I knew there was a reason <laughs> for it, <yeah. laughs> Has raised the very important question this morning. What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? Uh, things on the streets got a bit weird. Um, then they got a bit technical. Um, here's what happened. Rakeen, what's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? Arrest manoeuvre, I'd have to say the uh, Randy Orton RKO. What? What does that mean? Uh, it's, uh, it's like... I can demonstrate it on you if you want. Just tell me, please. <laughs> Let's not get physical. All right. Um, it's where you jump up and just take someone's head out, basically. Uh, I think the most practical is on the floor, but probably against a wall would be less damage, but they could bang their head, so maybe the floor. Yeah. So a policeman on top of the offender, you like that? Yes. Uh, it's got a bit of taser. Well, it just brings them down quick, doesn't it? <laughs> Over and done with, straight to the station. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a favourite, really. Come on, you've got to have one. If you see somebody arrested, what, what's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? It's huh? in a situation, really. I mean, everyone's... What's the guy arrested for? Oh, come Give on, me an wait. example and I can tell you. All right, OK. Um, somebody is being arrested because they are a bank robber. Bank robber? Mm, with a gun. Very old-fashioned. Mm. Well, if he's got a gun, it should be probably... Is he dangerous? Is he not well, shooting? Well, obviously, if he's got a gun, yeah. Yeah, but is he using it as a threat or is he just showing it around crazy? Well, he's using it as a threat, but he's got a gun. Oh, then he's he should got ammunition. Be, then he should be kind of incapacitated, probably just handcuffed, simple. Well, should we leave it there? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Shot to uh, the thigh, of course. Yeah. Well, you shoot there and you have the gun out of his hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, look, that, that guy, I'm glad that guy was laughing about the use of the tasers. That was... Um, yeah, it was very funny, yes. Very Justin, funny. excellent stuff. We'll speak to you later on. Thank you, boss. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. 03459 You want to give us a call? 81333. Start your text, 3CR. We're talking Pasadena's and arrests. They've not been arrested. There's no connection between...
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the speed sensors in the A1 is slow southbound from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner and it's starting to look busier on the North Orbital Road where the roadworks are in St Albans between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout. On the M25, a bit further afield from uh, from Hertfordshire, it's been blocked between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock because of a serious accident. And on the trains, Great Northern are reporting 15-minute delays southbound at Hartford North because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Your favourite arrest procedures, please. Your stories about the Pasadenas. Oh, and you know the rules, guys. We sit here and we spout this guff. You can call in about anything you want. 03459 555. Uh, don't forget, you call it. We call you back. So don't call, I know some of you. Oh, I can't. I can't. I've got no credit. I can't call it. We call you back. It don't matter. It won't cost you much at all, your plums. For goodness sakes. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, man critical after Milton Keynes stabbing, second court appearance for man accused of Hemel Hempstead murder, the new shadow chancellor apologises for IRA and Thatcher comments. BBC Three Counties Radio. The man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after four o'clock. The victim, a man in his 30s, was taken to hospital with life-threatening injuries. Thames Valley Police say they believe it is not a random attack and they're hunting for those responsible. Meanwhile, a man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. 23-year-old Marcin Porsinski is also charged with two counts of kidnap and one count of trespassing with intent to inflict GBH. Officers had spoken to him not long before. 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. The case has now been referred to the police watchdog. Labour's new shadow chancellor, John McDonnell, has apologised for the first time for saying that members of the IRA deserve to be honoured. Speaking on the BBC's Question Time programme, he said his remarks more than a decade ago had been an attempt to persuade Republicans to support the peace process. He also said he was very sorry for saying in 2010 that he would like to go back in time and assassinate Margaret Thatcher. It was, a, it was an appalling joke. It's ended my career in stand-up, let's put it that way. Um, the... Uh, and I and I apologise for it as well. It was a, an, an off an off the cuff remark. Croatia has closed seven of its eight border crossings with Serbia until further notice a day after it promised free passage to migrants and refugees trying to reach northern Europe. Thousands of people have entered Croatia from Serbia since Tuesday when Hungary sealed its border. An NHS report has found there are wide regional variations in stroke and cancer care for patients in England. Health service leaders say the figures expose inconvenient truths. Mike Smith is the chairman of the Patients Association. There are some areas where the social services and the hospitals and the GPs barely talk to each other. Other areas where they say, come on, let's get together. Now that's what we've got to do for everyone and nothing else is good enough when we're running what is, after all, a public service and we're seeing these gross anomalies for a lack of perhaps local leadership talking to each other and that's got to change. Young homeless people are being put at risk because local councils are failing to assess how vulnerable they are. That's according to the charity Centrepoint who are concerned they may be at risk of physical or sexual violence. The charity 
charity says last year less than 17% of homeless young people in central Bedfordshire were assessed to see if they needed urgent housing. In sport, the Rugby World Cup kicks off tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which will be heavy with the risk of hail and thunder. A maximum temperature today, 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, your favourite arrest manoeuvre, your stories about the Pasadenas, oh, and anything you fancy, it's Friday, we're all tired, we're all grumpy, that's, that's acceptable, isn't it, isn't it, guys? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 455 555. Can you put that to one side, Catherine, and get my next guest sorted out, please, immediately? Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, in a minute, I'll tell you why. There's a woman who's 109 years old. I'll tell you what she puts down her, um, her longevity to. I don't believe it for a second, but she... Um, well, I'll do it now. Hang on a second. It's the Express page three. I only have to turn one page. Uh, whiskey. She was down to whiskey. You ever drunk whiskey? That stuff is disgusting. A daily tot of whiskey is the secret to a long, healthy life, according to one of Britain's oldest women. She's only one of. She's not the. Grace Jones, known known. To, <laughs> bless her. Grace Jones. Hang on a minute. Oh no. It, it's a different Grace Jones. Known to friends as Amazing Grace, was born on September the sixteenth, nineteen o six. She's lived through 26 Prime Ministers and survived two world wars. Two? Is that all? This week she turned 109 and puts down her longevity to drinking single malt whiskey every evening before bed. That can't be it! My granddad used to drink loads of that stuff and he died at the age of 56! Yesterday, the mother of one, who's the 28th oldest... The 28th oldest person in the UK at, at 109? Good grief. That's terrifying. I bet she's still driving. Um, says, I never miss my nightcap. All I have is the whiskey at night. The doctor said, keep up the whiskey, Grace. It's good for your heart. I still feel the same as I did when I was 93. <laughs> it's not saying much, is it? I, I feel full of spirit. I've got six cards from the Queen now. Oh! Ooh. This year's was a very nice one. Um, and then it goes, my, my best memory... Oh was when I married my husband, Leonard. Oh, Leonard. He was a true gentleman, the son of a parson. Was the son of a parson. We were always together and we loved each other. Um, there we go. I love those interviews with old ladies who've got to, you know, over 100. Because if I ever ask my grandma what it's like to be 91, she just says, well, it's better than the alternative. There we go, you see. There we go, you see. Uh, now, Bedfordshire Police have confirmed that John Boucher is their new police chief. The police and crime panel, who were unanimous in their recommendation of the officer, who's been the former chief constable, Colette Paul's right-hand man, for just over a year. She recently retired after just two years in the job and the failure to secure a bigger council tax share by referendum. Well, Emma Carter is General Secretary of the Bedfordshire Police Foundation. Morning, Emma. Good morning, Ian. Is John Boucher's appointment good news for Bedfordshire Police? Yes, yeah, I think it is. Um... 
Mr Boucher has been with us now for um, just over a year in terms of coming to us um, as DCC. He knows the force, he knows the people, and I think it will give the force some stability. And, I, and I'd like to pass on my congratulations uh, from the Federation to Mr Boucher on that appointment. Why should the general public care? Because there'll be people listening going, yeah, and what, what, what impact will it have on, on uh, the, you know, the, the residents? I think, to be honest, any workforce want to be led by a strong and visible leader. And that is what Mr Boucher is. He does promote visible leadership. He speaks to um, police officers and staff. He seeks honest feedback and he gets told how things are really. Uh, And I think that visible leadership does matter. And when you have a workforce that is motivated by their chief constable, that can only be positive in the outcomes that the public see. Uh, in the fact that um, the police officers themselves are still motivated and want to do a good job. Did um, you get that, that um, leadership from Colette Paul? We did, but I would say she was a very different character, um, Colette Paul, very different character to Mr Boucher. Um, maybe not as visible as um, officers and staff would have liked. Um, they are just very, very different and bring with them very different skills. So what's better about Mr Boucher uh, over Ms Paul? I think it's a case of difference. Uh, he comes with... Uh, not that I'm saying uh, Miss Paul didn't come with any credibility at all, I don't wish to say that, but Mr Boucher comes with some... Um, he, he has got a very vast array of postings previously in the Met. He had 27 years in the, in the Metropolitan Police, a lot of it in specialist units, uh, counter-terrorism... Uh, he's a very experienced um, detective, and I think he brings with that some real energy. So it's not the fact that he may be better on paper, um, but he has a very vast array of, uh, of experience, and he's just a very different character. Um, do you think that um, he will get more from Ollie Martins? Um, I, I don't know. They have a very good working relationship, as did Colette Paul with, with Mr Martins. They have, they have a very good relationship, and what they are intent on doing is promoting Berkshire Police to provide the best possible service that they can do for um, the public of Berkshire. And I know they're intent on trying to um, you know, get the Home Office to increase our funding, which is what we desperately, desperately need. But they work well together, and I, I can see that only continuing. Uh, he is inheriting a difficult financial situation and he is, you know, he, he is going to have to make tough decisions, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, and I think any Chief Constable at the moment um, facing the 20% cuts that uh, the, this government has imposed and with a further 25 to 40% cuts coming again in the next coming years, I think any Chief Constable has a very difficult job and it's about getting that balance. Um, ultimately, you know, sadly, we won't be able to do absolutely everything in, as, as time goes forward. But he is, he is key, him and Ollie Martins are key on keeping the front line and making sure that in an emergency, you know, police, uh, the public of Bevshire do get a police officer when they need one. Sounds like you're very excited at the prospect of, of John Boucher uh, being uh, Chief Constable. Do, do you feel you get good leadership from Ollie Martins? Um, Ollie Martins is uh, is our PCC, yes, um, but ultimately, yes, he is in charge of the Chief Constable, but as a police officer, I see our uh, senior management uh, as Mr Boucher. Um, I think Mr Martins has worked really hard and tirelessly to increase our funding. 
He does a lot of things that the public don't see behind the scenes. Um, he is passionate about policing and, um, you know, he, he does want the best for the public of Bedfordshire. And I don't think really you can say much more than you, you don't really want much more than that from a PCC. You want honesty. You want someone who's going to fight your corner and you want them to increase, try to increase the funding, which is what he's trying to do. Um, but in terms of Mr Boucher being excited about his appointment, absolutely. We have a, a good working relationship. It's key to have critical conversations with our chief constable as the Federation. Um, and, uh, and we have that, that relationship. And anything that can uh, improve the service to the public, I think, can only be a good thing. All right, Emma, thanks for your time. Good luck. Thank you, Ian. Thank you very much indeed. Emma Carter, General Secretary of the Bedfordshire Police Federation. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Any Texas? Yeah, Pat and Houghton Regis. Morning, Hi, Pat. Ian. My favourite arrest oh. procedure is waiting for the police to turn Uh-oh. up and then delaying the arrest because the arresting officer's on holiday. Uh-oh. Oh, Pat. Pat... Ollie in Bedford, good fishing last night. Oh, it's our fishing correspondent. Morning, Oles. He says, my mate caught a nice three-pound chub and I had an (sighs) eel that we named Ian the Ely. Well, that's... um, okay. That's delightful. That's rude. And Robbie says, my favourite arrest would have to be the very cheesy, you're the disease and I'm the cure. Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Now, those people that say that Playstations are bad Mm. for your... um, uh, Self? They're wrong. Listen to this brilliant story of how Playstation turned a young man's life around. Boy racer, I learned to drive on my PlayStation. Isn't that brilliant? A man... Hang on, but he's a boy racer. Yeah, and he learned to drive... Fast. uh, Yeah, on his... um, He learned to drive on his PlayStation, which has to be applauded. Um... A man who led police on a 100 miles per hour car chase had learned to drive on his PlayStation. Uh... That's marvellous. Adam Jones, 24 has been jailed, unfortunate, after taking a car belonging to his girlfriend who reported him. Grass. Police spotted Jones on the A1 where he was... ..where he was struggling to drive in a straight line. Oh, dear. Now, it is tricky. Was he going round turtles? Or mushrooms? they They gave chase... Fair play, he was clocked doing 100 miles per hour before leaving the dual dual carriageway and driving into Leslie Grantham. What? Oh, no, sorry, and driving into Grantham, Lincolnshire, where he raced through the streets on a busy Friday night. All that from PlayStation? His driving was so dangerous, traffic police were told to abandon the chase for their own safety. But uh, Jones was eventually caught when he drove into a Stinger device. Now, here's the thing. Let's find out how many people he injured. Let's find out how many car windows he smashed and then dragged the drivers out and then jumped into. It's a Grand Theft Auto reference, guys. Jones from Skegness told stunned officers he'd never taken a test or even had a lesson but learnt his skills (laughs) on a PlayStation. Lincoln Crown Court heard the repair bill for his girlfriend's car was too grand. He also damaged a parked Audi in a police car. Jones had been below the drink drive limit. No, he didn't hurt anybody. So, I mean, I don't... No harm done then, eh? Minimum, minimal, minimum harm done. Now, listen, I'm not condoning the stealing of cars, unless, of course, you're playing Grand Theft Auto. Well, then you get points for that. But he learnt how to drive on a PlayStation. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Marlene! Hi, Ian! How are your eyes? Still wonky? 
Yes, yes, Good, Fred, Don't never be afraid of a wonky eye, unless it's, <laughs> well, unless it's on someone else's face. In that case, be it, terrified. It's part of me. It's it's part of you. What have you got for us, Marlene? Did you learn to drive on a PlayStation? Probably a GameCube. No, no, I'm ringing about being arrested. Oh, yeah, go on. Your favourite arrest, arrest manoeuvre. I was arrested at Luton Magistrates Court. At the court? Yes. What the hell for? Well, I was an usher at oh. Luton Magistrates Uh-oh. Court. Yeah. And, and they were so terrified of your wonky eyes, they said, Arrest her! <laughs> She's a witch! <laughs> no. No, I was in... I don't know if the layout's still the same. Yeah. I was in Court 7 as an usher. Yeah. And I was actually leaving that day. Yeah. And um, we'd gone through the list, and the court clerk said to the magistrates, right, we have one more wa- matter... Yeah. And I'm standing there shaking my head. And he yeah. said, Marlene, step forward. Uh-oh. And I so I said, what? He said, step forward. Oh, gosh. So he said, you are here by charge <gasps> with leaving the employment of the magistrate's call uh, without, without lawful reason. Oh, God, Marlene. You can get how 25 you, years for that. How do you plead? Yeah. And with that, Two of the security guards from down the cells came Whipped in. Whipped off their hand- kit. Oh. With, with a handcuff. Kinky. And it was right in the far corner, yeah. away from the cells. And I went, handcuffs? Guilty. So you they put me in the handcuffs. Oh. Yeah. They walked me through the public area. Yeah. Took me down to the cells. Oh. And then the end, you know what they did? Gave you a good scene too. <laughs> no, it wasn't my birthday. <laughs> What did they do, Molly? They banged me up in the cell. So they, they banged you up in the cell. And how long did they bang you up for? About ten minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Marlene. You are hereby charged with being too much fun. Thank you, Marlene. Got banged up in a cell for ten minutes. Exhausting. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, there are queues around Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's looking very busy there. In Watford on the Lower High Street, it's slow around the Bushy Arches. And in Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, it's looking very slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. A bit further afield on the M25, it's closed in both directions now at the moment between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock after a serious accident. And on the trains, Great Northern have 15-minute delays at Heart of North going southbound because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC. Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.17, Friday the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And Bedfordshire Police Federation has welcomed the appointment of John Boucher as the county's new Chief Constable. Original British drama on BBC One. The doctor is in danger. He hasn't got a plan yet, but he will have. And it will be spectacular. I'm the doctor, and I save people. What is happening? Same old, same old, just the doctor and Clara Oswald in the TARDIS. Born to save the universe. It's my party, and all of me is invited. Doctor Who, tomorrow at 7.40 on BBC One and BBC One HD. 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a load of... I mean, the, the Daily Mail is still um, harping on about... Where is it? It's a brilliant headline, but it, it's pointless. This is the front page of the Daily Mail. Red's in the bed. Jeremy Corbyn, Diane Abbott and a tryst behind the Iron Curtain. And they're still doing that as though it were a story, guys. As though we were interested in Jeremy Corbyn's list of lovers. What's that got to do with anything? So there's not really... Um, a lot in the papers today. It's kind of a very... Uh, well, I, I mean, uh, ice hockey star beheads a brown bear. I mean, and that's not a euphemism. It's actually a brown bear. Imagine that. We'll do that in a second. 03459 555 555 is the telephone number. Now, uh, one of the most fun interviews I had recently uh, was uh, resulted in a, 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 an inverted commas socialist councillor telling me he didn't believe shelters were the answer to youth homelessness. They should just patch things up with their mum and dad who may be beating them up or abusing them. Uh, and yet it would seem he's not the only one failing to take some of our local... Ca- uh, uh, what? And yet it would seem he's not the only one failing to take this seriously. Some of our local councils are failing to assess how vulnerable our young homeless people are. Um, it's almost English, it'll do. Last year, less than 17% of people who presented themselves to Central Bedfordshire Council as homeless were even assessed to see if they needed urgent housing. Charity Centrepoint is uh, concerned that this is leaving people abandoned to face dangerous situation. Well, Gaia Marcus is the Youth Homelessness Data Bank uh, Manager at Centrepoint. Morning, Gaia. Do these figures surprise you? Good morning, yes. These figures were pretty shocking, actually, for um, for your areas, um, especially the fact that Bedfordshire is not actually really assessing the young people to ensure that they get the support they need. No young person should be abandoned to dangerous situations at home. I would have thought that a hundred percent that you'd have to. Someone goes in and says, oh, "I'm I'm struggling a bit. I'm homeless." They would have to be assessed, wouldn't they? To, to, to I, I can't understand why you wouldn't assess someone. So, this is really interesting because it's a bit of a grey area. If you're found to be um, vulnerable and homeless, they have to house you. But obviously, if they're not doing the assessment, there's no way to actually find out that you definitely need that support. I see. Clever. So th- th- there is a, a, a su- su- suggestion that they're avoiding doing the assessment because it would uh, ultimately cost them, um, you know, a, a bed and breakfast or a flat or something like that. Well, of course, we're a data-driven team, so we can only say what the, de- what the numbers are saying. But you're right, in central Bedfordshire, it was incredibly striking that of the people that turn up in our age group asking for help, only 12%, so that's 65 young people out of 513 that asked for help, only that many are getting proper statutory support. And even more shocking, only one in five are getting any sort of support in addition to that, so a lot of councils will do what's known as prevention and relief, where they might not give you your full entitlement to a house, but they might do some mediation, they might speak to mum and dad, they might, you know, give you some support to get you into a private rented flat. And really, what's really striking in, um, in central Bedfordshire is actually how low those numbers are as well. So last year, it looks like they turned away at... Um, uh, they turned away um, more than every six in ten that actually asked for help wow. in central Bedfordshire. So, you know, these are really quite shocking numbers because it was only um, 
it was only about uh, sorry, sorry, it's too. It's um, a very yeah, early so in the morning to be thinking of numbers. I, I completely right? understand, guy. It's, it, <laughs> but it, but if but you're yeah, the if, vast majority just getting turned away with no help. If you're a young person and you, if you're a young person and you are homeless and you are, uh, you know, mm. probably at, the, at, at almost at your lowest ebb, uh, and the, the council turn you away, that's got to be even more crushing. What what can they do? I mean, do they do they legally have to assess them? Can you go back and demand to be assessed? If you ask to be assessed, you have to be assessed. This is the thing. And so with our age group, that becomes really interesting because you've got a young person, they're not quite a fully, you know, fully-fledged adult yet. And actually, if you're told by a council worker that you're not going to get a set, you know, you're not going to get housing, why bother? You know, here's some, you know, some local shelters. Then it takes a lot to say, no, actually, I want to be assessed. I yeah. want you to find out. And I think that's the real problem. And actually, the other thing that we're really seeing is that these councils are completely making policy in the dark. The, the quality of the counts, uh, data that we found with these councils is pretty shocking. So how are they making any decisions how to allocate data? And also, um, how is central government deciding how much to allocate them if it doesn't have a real picture of the problem that they're facing? Can I ask, how did you get these figures, That the figure of 17% of, of young people going to central beds council as homeless um, not being assessed? Uh, th- th- sorry, that th- th- 17% were assessed? So we did what's known as a freedom information request. Right. This data should be in the public domain, and it isn't. And so if you contact a local authority asking for the information, they should provide you with it. OK. Um, just, just, for, for, uh, just tell us, uh, tell my listeners why some young people find themselves homeless. What are the most common reasons? So, um, actually, recently, um, recently uh, released research that we've just, we've just published shows that almost 7 in 10 of every young person that has to leave home... Uh, did so because of breakdown of family relationships. So, um, and of those, over half actually encountered violence in the family home. So these are these are hard situations. Now, at the moment, a lot of young people are going off to university. They're choosing to, you know, start their lives. They know that they can always go home. And really, the reality of home with young people is very different. These are not young people who are choosing to leave. They're young people that have to leave because they're facing dangerous or otherwise untenable um, situations at home. There might be, um, you know, violent abuse. It might be that maybe their, you know, their parents don't want to accept their gay, for example, so they kick them out. You know, it's it's really, it's not a choice, and it's ever more worrying at the moment with these proposed cuts to housing benefit for 18 to 21 year olds where for a lot of young people housing benefit is very much a lifeline it's not this kind of lifestyle choice that we hear about and you really see that in the data that we've collected in your area we spoke recently uh, to uh, nigel long who's a milton Keynes councillor and uh, he claims to be a socialist and he was talking about um shelters for young people closing down mm. he said look we don't really need shelters everyone should just go home and patch it up with their parents now if that can be done that would be brilliant. But if, if, you know, if Dad's giving you a wallet because you're gay or there's any other kind of, you know, any kind of shenanigans going on that make that impossible, then um, there's not a lot you can do, is there? Well, well exactly. I think they, the, kind, the, kind of, the story we're told at the moment is people choosing to leave, and that really just isn't the case. It's so well established that the majority of young people that leave home leave them because of a breakdown in their family relationship. And it has a devastating impact on young people. You know, 
um, being kicked out, you know, having that place that is your place of safety no longer for you has real impact on people's mental health, on their physical health. And it makes it a lot harder for them to, for example, continue with their education or finding a job because everything that you know has changed. And so it's really aware that people are aware of this and the deep homelessness to put pressure on their councils and on central government to really accept that homelessness is different to young people. They're not fully formed yet. They need this support, and and the, you know this is the kind of support people like Centrepoint are able to provide, where it's not just housing, we're not just putting people in the shelter, it's counselling, it's nutrition, it's um, job you know job preparation, it's helping you kind of make that next step. And for the data bank team, which is my team that work on data and digital tools, are actually developing tools with ex Centrepoint residents that help us understand what happens when they leave, so that we can understand if we do or don't help these young people into job, job skills in the home and ensure that we're providing them with the best service possible. Uh, Guy, I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Thank you. Guy Marcus, Youth Homelessness Data Bank Manager at Centrepoint. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. Morning, Pete. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about today, boss? Well, I was listening to you talking about homelessness and that sort of thing. Yes. And they shipped out 49,000 families from uh, London to bed and breakfast. And uh, they've shipped them all the way from their friends, their families, etc., etc., etc. And when you do that, you've got a lot of people suffering with depression. I saw saw a black man there that shipped to Liverpool. Did you really? And, And there was a classic sign from him that he was suffering with depression already. Yeah. He had no one to talk to, no friends there, yeah. and he didn't know what, it, what, to, what he to do, really. He, he looked really sad to me. Where did you see uh, this black man? On the BBC. OK, so well, we know <laughs> and, the BBC the likes to... And 49,000 was also on the BBC. Okie dokie. And uh, when you're doing things like that, yes. the only thing to do now, today, the, as quick as possible... Yeah. Is build four or five brand new new towns. Yeah, well, that ain't going to happen. Because, because... It ain't going to happen. After the second... Hold on a minute. Well, it ain't going to happen. When we was deeply in debt to martial aid, we built new towns. Yeah. We nationalised railways. Yeah. It's oh. not a problem with money. All right, the Corbyn we Meister. We could do it. Yeah. Well, no, but we're not going to do it. We're the sixth or... <clears> we're <throat> the sixth richest country in the world. Yep. And we, if they don't do it... I don't think we are anymore. I think we've well, slipped down a bit. We are. We're the six. I think we've slipped and down. I think it depends what index it, you look at. Yeah. The simple thing is, if they don't do it, yeah. you've got places like Tower Hamlets with 20,000 families on the waiting list. Yes. Now, if they don't do Why don't do you put it, them up in your room? Stop the traffic. If they put stop them up the in traffic, your spare room. We're in dis- desperate trouble. Put them up in your spare room. Oh, uh, how many Westminster taken then? How many of these refugees? Oh, you got, you got, you got, you got problem. Why don't you put a family up in your spare room? You take, you take, you take an example of Milton Keynes. Okay. Over the years, yeah, they've taken huge amounts of refugee groups that they've taken uh, in, even back to the Uganda times when the Asian, the Asians no, were thrown out no, of Uganda. Milton Keynes has taken all of those. Now, if you don't distribute refugees. 
Yes. In all places, but just put them in poor places. Well, how have we gotten to... You're now, now Peter, Peter. You're Peter, creating ghettos. Peter, how, well, I don't understand why you've gone. We're talking about young homeless people, and suddenly we're talking about Ugandans. Well, yes. But What's Uganda got to do with it? The young homeless people are part of the problem Uganda? as well. No, she went of her own accord. Pardon? What's your Exactly. What's your favourite arrest manoeuvre? Uh, I've no idea. Okay. Do All it... I know is I've learnt the fireman's lift. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 towards London is busy at Junction 9 for Redbourne and it's also slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M25 a bit further afield is still closed in both directions between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock. It's causing delays all the way back from Romford now. On the A1 southbound it's looking busy from the St Neots Junction approaching the Black Cat roundabout and Great Northern trains are still reporting 15 minute delays uh, through Hartford North because of a signalling problem affecting services between Steve and King's Cross. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after four o'clock. The man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. 23-year-old Marcin Porsinski is also charged with two counts of kidnap. 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. And Bedfordshire Police Federation has welcomed the appointment of John Boucher as the county's new chief constable. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Rugby World Cup kicks off tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. Here's England's Tom Wood. We're not entitled to win it. Um, there's some great teams out there and I, I can't promise you success, but uh, all I can say is that we've, we've uh, left no stone and turn in terms of our preparation but um, you know I'm, I'm humble enough to know that there's, there's no entitlement and uh, no guarantee and the balance of a ball can be a cruel thing and uh, or a refereeing decision that doesn't go your way so we just have to do our best to, to give ourselves the best possible chance at each and every game. In last night's Europa League matches, former MK Dons midfielder Deli Ali starred for Tottenham as they beat Azerbaijan's Karabag 3-1. Liverpool drew one all in Bordeaux. The Premier League resumes tomorrow with Watford away to bottom club Newcastle. Ben Watson is expected to replace the suspended Valon Barami as Kike Flores side bid for their second league win. We are very happy. We are working the same way than, than before the, the first win because uh, we try to reinforce the, the work. We try to... Um, not change nothing. We have uh, more power, including you know, big moral after the after the first win. In the championship, a crowd of around 20,000 is expected at Stadium MK with the upper tier open as Milton Keynes Dons host Leeds. In League Two, Luton looks set to recall Steve McNulty for the home match with Mansfield due to Scott Cuthbert's suspension. Luke Guttridge is an injury doubt. Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet. Wickham travel to Orient. In tennis, Great Britain start their Davis Cup semi-final against Australia today and practice starts later this morning for Sunday's Singapore Grand Prix with Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton leading the Drivers' Championship by 53 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin at 8. Put the popcorn kernels in the pot. 
She turned up the heat, now the pot is getting hot. And then those popcorn kernels start to pop, pop. Now, Bedfordshire Police have confirmed John Boucher as their new police chief. The previous chief constable, Colette Paul, retired after just two years in the job after initially suggesting she'd stay for five. She announced her decision after Police Commissioner Ollie Martins failed to convince the public to vote to give the force a bigger share of council tax. Uh, well, John Boucher joins me from Forces uh, at Bedford HQ now. Uh, morning, John. What are your main aims for the job? Morning, Ian. Um, well, the main aim, I think, and I think it's been alluded to in the press a lot recently, is to get a fair deal for Bedfordshire as far as money's concerned. You know, this force is a fabulous force. Um, you will know, your listeners will know, with austerity and the cuts that we've got to face, um, we've got far more to do to save money. And Bedfordshire has been disadvantaged by funding probably for a decade. So we are already so disadvantaged with regards to the resources that we've got um, I want to get a fair deal for this force with the Home Office uh, through Central Grant and the money that the Home Office gives to policing. Uh, and all I want is a fair deal. I want the same sort of money for this uh, county and this force that other forces get. Um, and you put that against the context of the real challenges that we've got in Bedfordshire, and we have got some real policing challenges, more so than many forces our size. In fact, I'd go further. There are no other small forces with the same type of policing challenges that we've got. And I think it's time that um, our funding reflected that and we could properly service the needs of uh, the people in the county. There's no guarantee you will get any more money. Um, uh, what happens if you don't? How do you run a police force that doesn't have enough cash? Well, I am very hopeful. There's a new funding formula coming out, which we will get on the 1st of April next year. The difficulty is, as you might imagine with these things, there's not exactly a lot of clarity at the moment for any of us in policing about what that funding formula will look like. So we're trying to get that clarity at the moment from the Home Office. I can't believe that we'd be any more disadvantaged than we already are. The whole purpose of this funding formula that's coming in is to address the unfairness that we face in forces like Bedfordshire. Um, so I'm hopeful we'll get something. But we are facing an additional spending review. So put simply, the government are going to take even more money out of policing. That's anywhere between 25 and 40 percent. So, as they may giveth with one hand, they may taketh away with another, put simply. So, it is really tricky, but what I will say, we've got to take our fair share of austerity and policing. There are things that we can do to save money, even though we've already done an enormous amount in this force. Like what? Where and can you save more money? Hello? Speaking to me. 
Sorry, can you hear me? Oh, I've got we, you again. We dropped yeah, you for a second. On. Yeah, there's a surprise. <laughs> uh, 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 this is why I wanted to do it on the phone, guys. Uh, uh, where can we, you we, save... have paid, we have paid the phone bill here, yeah, obviously. Well, we well as long as it's something. Where, where can you save more money? Where can I cuts think more, be made? Yeah, more collaboration. We, we're working, as you will know, with Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire really closely. We've got a strong alliance with them. We're bringing together a lot of our services with those forces. I'm a great believer that we can do a lot more regionally. So with our colleagues in Essex and Suffolk and Norfolk, um, there's lots of things we can do to save money there. And it's not just about saving money. Importantly, what we will do is provide a better service to the public because we're brigading our resources. So whether that's major crime, investigating murders or armed policing, um, there are early discussions taking place now, but we're all up for the challenge in policing to do this. Um, I think there's a second element, importantly, locally, we've got to get far more uh, partnership working. So, you know, I'm currently having conversations with the fire service. What can we do together that would save money for the public of Bedfordshire and give them a better service? Removing, and I think there's some areas there that we can explore. Uh, removing uh, front desk staff, staff from uh, four police stations, does that make the public safer? It's... It's, I think, a reflection of the change in how we live our lives in. We traditionally, when I was a, uh, a young man, you know, you'd see all these police stations and people would walk in to report crime. So much of our lives now, communications are lived online. Um, there just isn't the level of visitors, numbers of visitors going into the, the, those police stations that make having staff there worthwhile. We've got to be smarter around that. I yesterday visited 41 new recruits that started last Monday for Bedfordshire to pay for those recruits, to pay for the police officers that can keep the public safe and put those police officers in our communities. We have got to make some really difficult decisions with regards to, and you give the example, our front counters. What we have got to be in is accessible to the public, but we've got to find new ways and modern ways of doing that. What does that mean? I know Ollie Martin's mentioned um, possibly having um, police desks in Tesco's and things. Is that still an option? Well, we've got a new operating model. I'm determined to put community policing back into Bedfordshire. I do think if you're really going to understand the issues facing communities, you've got to be in those communities. Uh, a decision was taken a number of years ago for understandable reasons, and it was about saving money that the force had to do to remove community officers. Um, putting community officers back in uh, into our local wards and having those officers in locations potentially co-located with local authorities with private sector companies it might be with superstores tesco's or other people uh, we'll do that if it means that we're there for the public and we're saving money and the public are getting the biggest bang for the buck um, i'll look at anything uh, there are trust issues with Bedfordshire Police. In, uh, investigations involving Leon Briggs and Farouk Ali are still going on. How do you um, build trust? Well, not really different from my last answer. We've got to be in the communities. We've got to represent the communities. I'm determined to get far more recruitment from our local county and from our communities, Bedford, Luton, from our rural areas, into this police force moving forward. That's how you build trust. If you've got a police force that represents the people that you are policing, you will get trust. I mean, those cases that you talk about, you know, policing is, I often talk about it being a contact sport, it's really tricky, it's difficult, it's wonderful, it's the finest public service I think anybody can do. Um, and I understand the concerns that some elements of the community will have about uh, the force. What I can say 
and everything I've seen in the last 15 months has demonstrated that the police officers and staff of Bedfordshire Police come to work literally to a person every day to help people and make things safer for them. Uh, and long may that continue. Um, f- uh, finally, uh, what are your thoughts on police crime commissioners? Are you a fan of them? Um, I am a fan of them. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was sceptical before the introduction. I think, like most of us, we didn't really understand <coughs> what it would look like with police and crime commissioners. But on the whole, and they vary considerably, as you will appreciate just reading in the media, I think they have done a really good job. Um, whether they continue or not, obviously, is above my pay grade. Um, I think what we do need is a bit of stability in policing. It doesn't help when we keep changing governance arrangements and accountability. Um, and they are still relatively new in the great scheme of things. But so far, I think they've done a reasonable job. Is Ollie Martins any good? He's, well, he's very passionate. He cares about mm. the public uh, of Bedfordshire. And he's certainly helping me, helping this force, try to get a fairer deal with regards to funding. Um, so that's a very good thing. John, I really appreciate you coming on, and I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you, Ian. Thanks that, for giving me the opportunity no, to speak to you. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm sure we'll speak again soon. That's uh, the uh, new police chief, uh, John Boucher. 03459 455 555. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. And uh, there we go. Fair play to him for coming on and not sitting in the studio with a PR woman like uh, Colette Paulis. <laughs> that wasn't a great introduction. No, that was unfortunate. <laughs> Why have you brought a PR woman? Don't mention me. Don't mention her. Why is she there. sitting next to you? She sat there. Don't mention me on air. Well, yeah, you know when you say. We can hear you. There's microphones. <clears throat> it's your studio. That's why we don't want you in here. Ah, <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, I don't get this text. I bet you've not named the age group that have the most accidents in records of insurance know, companies. What? Do you know why you don't get that text? Because it's from Peter in Wilmer Green. <laughs> he was talking about your man who uh, learned mm. to drive on the P- PlayStation. Oh, for crying out loud. He He's did not get anybody. He learned to drive on a PlayStation. This could, all right. Admittedly, he nicked his um, misses his car and drove off at 100 miles an hour. And right. created two grand's worth of damage. Well, though, uh, but the two grand, you know, they they use the stingers, the zappers. You know, the yeah. thing where they roll it out and it. Yes. That's where the damage was caused. So the police technically caused the damage. I just think we put the criminality to one side. This could be the way forward. You you have like a three tier driving test, and the first test is playing Gran Turismo or Forza. I've got an idea for a phone-in. Let's just try Kelly. Kelly, your mic on? No. I've got an idea for a phone-in. Oh, I look forward to um, hearing that. Right. Stuff you've seen done and you thought you'd have a crack at it. For example? Um, I told my teacher at school that I could play the piano. Couldn't play the piano. um, And got up in front of the entire school and had a bash at it because I'd seen it done. But hang on a minute. That's just life. Everything we've done, we do, is because we've seen someone do it. I thought, oh, I fancy having a go at that. That's why I went potholing with Scoinzy. Yeah, but someone showed you how to do it. Well, yeah, but I got up and had a go. I don't understand. So stuff you've seen it on the telly, and stuff... you thought you'd have a crack at it. Yeah, well, I did. I saw it on telly, and I thought I'd have a crack at it. That's everything. Everything. That's why it's a great phone in. <laughs> so, but, but you can boil it down to what have you done? What have you done? What have you copied well, just, off the telly? No, but that doesn't mean anything. Because <laughs> everything. All right, here's another one. Here's another example. Yeah. My granddad found a stray horse in the street. Yeah. And because he'd seen a few cowboy films, he rode it to the police station. But. But I don't get what the films have got to do with it. Because he, he thought he could do it because he'd seen it done. Kelly, just say your comment, please. Off mic, off mic. I, I, no, 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 off mic. I've moved the mic away. I prefer it just... What's the point? You see? What's the point? 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's very busy between Junction 9 for Redbourne of where the roadworks are. It's looking very slow as well. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow around Junction 16 for the M40 to 15 for the M4. And further afield on the M25, it's got a lane closed anti-clockwise because of an accident between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. On the A10 southbound in Chesson, it's very slow between the New River Trading Estate and the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. And in Hitchin on Stevenage Road, it's slow between Whitehall Road and Payne's Park. On the trains, Great Northern are reporting 15-minute delays between Stevenage and King's Cross and Moorgate, and that's because of the signalling problem at Hartford North. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Right, 7.46, it's Friday the 18th September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And Bedfordshire Police Federation has welcomed the appointment of John Boucher as the county's new chief constable. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Today's going to be a day of sunny spells, but also some pretty big showers at times too. Expect to see some heavy downpours, a rumble or two of thunder. Um, always possible as well, and these showers could pop up just about anywhere across the three counties at any time today as well. And we've got some mist and some low cloud around this morning, but things are going to tend to brighten up. In between the showers, there will be lots of bright and sunny spells too, and temperatures in the best of that sunshine will probably get up to around 17 or even 18 Celsius, 64 in Fahrenheit. So watch out for those showers through today we could get quite a lot of surface water they'll be quite slow moving in nature uh, because the winds are very light today so through this evening then the showers are going to tend to fade away it should be that at Twickenham for the start of the rugby today um, then it will be dry by uh, by eight o'clock by the time the match starts but if you're headed that way then you may well get caught in some showers through this evening's rush hour overnight tonight though it is looking dry we're looking at lows of around 10 or 11 degrees in the town slipping just below that into uh, in the rural spots so quite a chilly night to come with some mist and fog forming into tomorrow morning. That's going to take its time to clear these days, so we probably won't see it clear until around 8 or 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, but then we can look forward to a dry and a bright weekend. There'll be some good spells of sunshine around as well. Top temperatures up to around 17 or 18 degrees. Might even get up to 18 or 19 by the time we get to Sunday. Just some rather chilly nights and misty mornings. It'll be quite showery into the start of next week. That's the forecast. On Inside Out, we asked, do we need drastic measures to tackle the housing shortage in the East? Ideally, we would like people who are in their older age group to downsize to leave family housing for those who have still got families. A tough line is being taken with rough sleepers, but is stopping handouts the answer? Rather than, than giving people handouts and then become reliant on those handouts, actually give them the support and advice that they need to actually make a positive change. And we get a look at the house you and I might be living in in the future. That's Inside Out with me, David Whiteley. Monday, 7.30 on BBC One. I'm not getting a house with David Whiteley. Where would we store all the hair products between us? It would be a nightmare. Callie's on the line. Morning, Callie. Hi. Morning, Callie. What you got for us? Um, I have something that I did after seeing it on telly. I don't get this. I don't get that. Surely that's everything. She, and also, she's changed the phone. And the initial thing was, what have you done after seeing someone else do it? Then she added the telly. But go, All right, let's see. What have you got? Hula hoop. 
But I don't. <laughs> you do this, Catherine, because I don't get it. You tell do. me about. Tell me about the process then. So you saw it done. Where did you see it done? Kelly. Yeah. And then you thought, I'll have a go at that. Hang on, this is yeah. Kelly. This is Kelly on the phone because Kelly's mm-hmm. not there. I've just realised it's Kelly, isn't it? It's Kelly Kelly. Betts. Just you've not no. got a mic. It's Te- Kelly. What do you Kelly know about Ketz. Kelly Ketz? What do you know about the Stone Roses playing in um, uh, uh, Reading? Oh, what in 1996? Yeah, go on. What happens? Well, they got back together for like a one-off headline gig, and it turned out to be the worst gig that they ever played. You see, only Kelly Betts would know that much detail about what happened. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Thanks for calling. Well, no, not even thank. No. (gasps) She beef. She learnt it off watching someone on the telly. (sighs) Bill's on the line. Morning, Bill. Morning, that's nice lift radio music you've got going on it's in good, the background there. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know who this is playing this? Do you know who this is? Hang on. Who's that? Any idea who this is, Catherine? Um, Akabilk. No. Um, this will blow your minds. Someone on a jazz flute, who could it be? It's Dizzy Gillespie. You are. First of all, why have I got any Dizzy Gillespie on my computer? Very Simply, jazz-tastic. This isn't what I imagined Dizzy Gillespie would sound like. I'm thinking of Satchmo. I'm always thinking of Satchmo. Always thinking of Satchmo. What you got for us, Bill? Bill? Hello. What you got for us? Yeah, I've got a question. I talked to you the other day on the radio about Heart to Heart and the theme tune. Oh, yeah, we played the theme tune, yeah. It's playing now. So, was it Heart to Heart or was it Starsky and Hutch? It was Heart to Heart. Was it? Yes. Are you sure about that? Yes, mate, I'm sure about it. I played it. It's I know the theme tunes. Ah, have you, can you play it again? Right, OK. Um, I've got to find... All right, OK. So, this is um, Starsky and Hutch. And this is Heart to Heart. What's your beef? What's your beef, Bill? There, there is no beef. If you think that's right, then it must be right. Thank you for calling, Billiam. I know my theme tunes. I've won Mastermind, me. And, um, um, what do they call it? Not breaking point. Pointless. My pointless is on soon, I think, Dennis. Is it? Thank goodness for that. They've shown the one with Mr Tumble on. When's this next week? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be on... That they're showing the series now, so it'll be on one day soon. Oh, good. I'm glad. I've been it, waiting for it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm for sat in front of the telly with, in my pants, waiting for it. Why? What? You won, didn't you? You well, won. Yeah, but I like... It's, it's been a long time. It'd be like, it remind me of 1999, me being on telly and talking and stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, what are you going for us, Dennis? I wanted to say to you, things that you try to do when you're a child. What the, where's that come from? Well, earlier on, you were talking about no. things that... Cracking on to play the piano and all that. Cracking stuff. on to play the piano. Yeah. No, I don't understand this phoning. No, the other one then. The other your, uh, your lady at boss. She said that she tried it when she was a child. I told the school teacher she could play the piano when she yeah, could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I made aeroplanes which had no flying abilities whatsoever, but like a brick. Was I that for, for the RAF? Boat, a cork boat that sank and boomerangs that never came back. But you have to learn as you go along, don't you? It's called. It's called. Life, Dennis. It's it is, all yes. about right. learning. I've got my great grandsons having a go at it now. So what, life? Yeah, that's life. That's what's life. Let's keep our fingers crossed. He makes a better crack of it than you have. 
David's on the line. Morning, David. Good morning. How are the cats? Uh, not too bad. Unfortunately, I lost one. Where? Oh, you mean it passed away? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry to hear that, David. Hey, here's the yeah. thing. If you go to the vets, do yeah. you find old women talk to you? Yeah. Yeah, I was at the vets last night, right? And this old woman what? would not stop talking to me and my youngest. And obviously my youngest was terrified because it was an old woman. He didn't want to talk to her. And she's asking him all these questions and getting really close. And like, what's your name? What's your doggy's name? How old are you? And he obviously didn't want anything to do with it. And I was just thinking, oh, naff off, love. Honestly, I was thinking that. And then I had to get involved in a really boring conversation with her about a manky dog. Fun times, fun times. Anyway, David, what you got for us? Um... That's uh, theme music. The first one you came out with is Murder, She Wrote. Hang on a minute. You, you say this is Murder, She Wrote? Yep. This one? No, that wasn't the first one. Um, this one? Oh, hang on, hang on. Do you know this one, David? Is this Murder, She Wrote? David? I know it, but I can't, I can't picture which one it's going to. <laughs> That's Murder, She Wrote. No. Yes. No, definitely not. Yes, dude. <laughs> what earth are you talking about? Oh, you're pure company magic, you are. What earth are you talking about? <laughs> I know my TV themes. <laughs> well, thank you. mind that? It would be lovely if you joined them to the right program. I, I literally did not hear what you said, but thank you for saying it. It's appreciated. Right, let's have some Texas. What you got, Boyle? Gary from Leighton Buzzard says there are several winning racing drivers that got their driving from winning Nissan's GT Academy, what? a racing competition by Nissan on the PlayStation. Fact. I don't know what that means, but great work. People who learned to drive off the PlayStation. Oh, There's yeah. some more. There we several go. winning racing drivers. He's not naming them, but just take it for take it that he's telling you the truth. This is um, Murder, She Wrote. Here we go. Here we go. That's Murder, She Wrote. Of course it is. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Right, go on. Lee B in Milton Keynes. Oh, I found four albums of this. Here we go. We're, we're sorted for the next hour, guys. Lee B in Milton Keynes, and I think this might be a point for him. I'm not sure. Yeah. When I was a young teen, I watched wrestling on TV. I was always captivated when they flew off the turnbuckle. I tried it off a wall at school and fractured a finger punching a mate. Great, fe- great phone in, Kath. Lee B in Milton Keynes. I don't get it. Tried it because he saw it on the telly. Can anyone name a sexier witch? I mean, which witch is which? I tell you a sexier witch when uh, there's a sexy witch in HR Puff and stuff. Is there? Mini skirt, leather boots. Boom shakalak. Boom shakalak. I've got loads of these. Hang on a second. Look, look, look. Here we go. Um, here we go. What's this one? What's this one? Diagnosis murder. There was an episode of Diagnosis Murder where there was a genuine vampire in it. Like, it was like a ghost and a vampire in it, and it was never explained. It Honestly, and, and at the end, Dick Van Dyke went, well, you know, some things are be- just be- best left unexplained. Gosh. That's true. That's a true story. That's a true story. There was a ghost in an episode of Diagnosis Murder. As true stories go, it's not... Kev, uh, Kels, your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Kelly's mic's not working. I wonder who could have done that. Not me. Not me. Um, so anyway, 
So this fella, it's not a very nice story actually, but I've, I've, I feel I ought to um, indulge us. At least you're playing the diagnosis murder. An ice music. hockey star has been charged with killing and beheading a grizzly bear. But it was grizzly while that was going on. Clayton Stoner, oh no. no. 30, posed with the severed head of much-loved Cheeky. What? Oh, he's got a name, now After he's going to be persecuted online. Shot. He's been charged in Canada with violating, violating the Wildlife Act. What? Um, the case draws comparisons with that of US dentist Walter Palmer, who killed Cecil the Lion in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe! Oh, doesn't it? Not in the slightest. Only because he killed an animal that had a name. The bear was called Cheeky <laughs> for its habit of sticking out its tongue at researchers. Gosh. Stoner, who earns around £2 million a year playing for the NHL's Anaheim Ducks, is due to appear in court on October the 9th. Ah, oh, poor cheeky, naughty Stoner. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, they're accused anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. That's because of a three-car accident. Clockwise on the M25, there's been a serious accident a bit further afield. It's between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock. So it's closed there clockwise at the moment. On the M1 towards London, they're accused around Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the A1 southbound's looking slow from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat roundabout. In Clarphill on the A6 Bedford Road, it's lo- looking very busy on the speed sensors between Baxter and the A507 and Great Northern Trains are reporting 15 minute delays from Stevenage to King's Cross and Moorgate. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Favourite arrest procedures? Oh, hang on, Kelly's coming in. Hang on. Finished! Things that you saw on the telly Oh, whatever, it's the Friday, who gives the monkeys, really? I mean, seriously, who cares? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, New Beds Police Chief says his greatest challenge will be to secure funding. Man back in court charged with Hemel Hempstead murder and charity criticises treatment of young homeless people in central Bedfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. The new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says his greatest challenge will be to secure a fair deal from the government over funding. John Boucher says even more collaboration with neighbouring forces is being discussed and has called on the community to trust his force after a number of high-profile cases, including deaths in custody. We've got to be in the communities. We've got to represent the communities. I'm determined to get far more recruitment from our local county and from our communities, Bedford, Luton, from our rural areas, into this police force moving forward. That's how you build trust. If you've got a police force that represents the people that you are policing, you will get trust. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear in court again later today. 23-year-old Marcin Porsinski is also charged with two counts of kidnap and is due before Luton Crown Court. 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after four o'clock. The victim, a man in his 30s, was taken to hospital with life-threatening injuries. Thames Valley Police say they believe it is not a random attack and they're hunting for those responsible.
Labour's new Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell has apologised for the first time for suggesting that members of the IRA should be honoured. Speaking on the BBC's Question Time, he said his remarks in 2003 had been an attempt to get Republicans to join the peace process. If it contributed towards saving one life or preventing someone else being maimed, it was worth doing because we did hold on to the peace process. There was a real risk of the Republican movement splitting and some of them continuing the armed process. If I gave offence, and I clearly have, from the bottom of my heart, I apologise. I apologise. Six people are due to appear in court today, accused of attacking and seriously injuring a Watford supporter in Wolverhampton. Nick Crewis from Hemel Hempstead was making his way home after the game in March. Four 18-year-olds, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old have been charged. Young homeless people are being put at risk because local councils are failing to assess how vulnerable they are. That's according to the charity Centrepoint, who say last year less than 17% of homeless young people in central Bedfordshire were assessed to see if they needed urgent housing. Gaia Marcus is from Centrepoint. A lot of councils will do what's known as prevention and relief, where they might not give you your full entitlement to a house, but they might do some mediation, they might speak to mum and dad, they might, you know, give you some support to get you into private rented flat. And really, what's really striking in, um, in central Bedfordshire is actually how low those numbers are as well. In sport, the Rugby World Cup starts tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which will be heavy with the risk of hail and thunder. The maximum temperature, 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now then, guys and girls. Uh, do you remember a few months ago, uh, we spoke to a Milton Keynes councillor, Labour, uh, he told us he was a socialist. He, he said he didn't agree with hostels for young people and they should just go home and patch things up with their parents. He might be knocking them around or, I don't know, raping them. Well, it would seem that Councillor Nigel Long isn't the only one missing the point when it comes to helping the young homeless. Last year, fewer than 17% of those who told Central Bedfordshire Council they were homeless were even assessed. Well, the charity Centrepoint says people are being put in danger. Jacqueline Longman is an advisor at Open Door MK who help and support homeless people. Morning, Jacqueline. Good morning, Ian. Uh, in Milton Keynes, they have an online assessment system. How does that work? Um, people need to... Well, they used to go into housing options to the council and um, wait to see someone, um, you know, however long they needed to wait. Um, in housing options and it's all changed now they've had a lot of cutbacks obviously less people there the self-help tool is online um, if you go into the council and um, you wait at reception you'll still be asked to go to the computer screen to um, oh. do a self-assessment so you go through and put all your information in there what's it like um, to fill in is it is it easy um it's Easy if you have the skill and technology-minded. Uh, um, it's difficult if you've, one, not got access to internet. So if you're on the streets um, or sofa surfing particularly, you're not necessarily going to have access to this tool. A lot of people probably don't even know about it. Um, but even if people walk through the council, 
and they're talking to someone at reception, it's very difficult to then sort of write, okay, I'm now faced with a screen, what do I do, what do I put in there? Um, there is an option if you are street homeless to put in the council address, but um, and you just click on that, but it's, it's, you know, once someone's got through, they're very, very, you know, anxious, they're thinking, oh dear, now I've got to do something else. Um, and so we find that a lot of people don't actually fill this in at all. And um, the, of the number that do fill fill it in, only about 20% of them are, are getting housed. Is that right? Um, well, th- that's what I've heard. Um, what I've, I feel is um, that through Open Door MK, you know, we'll help these people, help anybody, um, single homeless people, to come and... Um, you know, we can do this in the office with them and, and do that. And, you know, someone will get back to us at some point. But because they've already walked through our door, they might not be walking through other people's doors. They might not be going back. They might be thinking, oh, well, that's it. I can't I can't do this. So a lot of people are not actually getting any further than even, well, one, filling it in, and two, actually, you know, coming back after being contacted. Um, and with our drop-ins, um, we have a good good base of uh, volunteers who will also you know help people during the drop-ins and you know i can then have the chance to talk to everybody so we're seeing a lot of um, younger people coming in and they've got a lot of issues obviously you know they can't go back to their families and there's you know there's been all sorts of things that have prevented them from um you know having a safe and uh, you know home environment um and so, obviously, we're tre- really, really trying to help them get into, you know, places where they can have support because, you know, they they've low self-esteem, no confidence. Yes, talking to, you know, having someone in authority saying, right, you need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. And um, if they go away, they need to prove who they are. They may have fled somewhere. They don't have their birth certificate. They wouldn't be able to afford. Um, passports, driving licenses, and you know, so they may not even have any of those things to show who they are. Um, and that's what they're being asked for as well, so it, it makes it quite difficult. We've talked on this show a lot about there is a big housing problem in Milton Keynes. Uh, resources are finite. Are, are the council, is the council doing enough? Um, I, think, I think the council possibly could do more, but I think, you know, with their cutbacks recently, it has been, you know, it is a lot, more difficult to get people housed. Um, we've got the YMCA that do a brilliant job, and Orbit, um, who and the YMCA will take on um, people from 18 onwards. But they're now concentrating on younger people, and mainly under 35s because of um, housing benefit, and that's obviously um, controlled by the council. But they are taking on a lot yo- uh, younger people now because most of their beds which they have 23 bedrooms, um, are now used for younger people because they can then go into the flats afterwards. Um, So they can see that there is a real need for helping young people, particularly under the 35. Um, What Orbit will take over 21. So at least, you know, these two places are still going because unfortunately it looked like both of those were going to close um, towards the beginning of this year. And, you know, that's that's something that they've had a lot of cutbacks with. Jacqueline, um, if, if, the show, if there are people listening who would like the help of Open Door MK, how do they get in touch? Um, they can look on our website, 
www.ofcc.org.uk um, and we have two drop-ins. The, all the information is on the website. They can go on Facebook, Twitter, um, and we're very happy to help anybody. Um, we usually look after single homeless people. We are having a lot of people coming in who... Um, you know, just don't know where to go. Yeah. So, you know, we will give them practical things. If we've got donations of food, toiletries and clothing, we will give them those at the time and they can have a hot meal. But the whole point is that we can give them advice. We can try and point them in the right direction or help support them in moving forward. Um, and at Open Door MK, we believe everyone deserves somewhere safe and peaceful to live so they can, you know, move forward in a positive way. Jacqueline, keep up the good work. Thanks very much for your time. Jacqueline Longman, advisor at Open Door MK. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. I don't get slugs. No. You seen there's super slugs or monster slugs? What are they calling monster monsters or Dermot Gavin is calling it monster slugs? Right. I flipping eight slugs. What is a slug made of? It's not. <laughs> no, hang on, what? Kelly, why are you laughing? That's a good question. It's a great question. Isn't it? Okay, what is a slug made of? It's not flesh, it's not bone. There's no bone slime? in a slug. It's slime? Bo- it's bogey, isn't it? Well, it's kind of bogey slime, isn't it? It is. I could never touch a slug. Imagine waking up and being covered in slugs. I, I kept finding it in my kitchen at one point. Here we go. Look, slugs often... This is Dermot Gavin speaking here. Slugs often do the most damage at night. So how do you control them? Listen to this. Yeah? Oh, boy. You know this one? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's... The Rockford Files. Yeah. So how do you control them without losing sleep? Um, Eggshells. He's put a can of lager. He's buried a can of lager in his back oh. garden, Dermot. What a waste. Well, also, it, look, it looks horrible. I mean, I remember when there was a fashion for hanging CDs in your back garden. Was it? That was to scare... Keep cats away, yeah. Keep cats away, was it? Because they'd be confused by your music choice. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have CDs, so we just did it with records and cassettes. Didn't work. Slug pellets. I don't understand why this is in the newspaper. Because um, it's a really slow news but day. But judging by the size of these giant invaders, you may have to feed the predators steroids first. Another tip is to keep the moisture down by watering your plants first thing in the morning so the soil surface dries off by an oh, for crying They're stupid. Out. It's raining. For crying out loud, Dermot Gavin. Uh, there are 15 billion... <laughs> Monster slugs in the country. 15 billion. Oh, you've got me some slug facts. Let's see, when you're not got a microphone, Kelly, you're quite useful. Doesn't tell me what a slug is, though. Tell you what. What's a slug? Let me put you straight through, if I may. What's your name, please? Here we go. Thank you. It doesn't tell you what it it is made of. A slug's blood is green. Anyone? Uh, dried, crusty seaweed is uh, good to get rid of slugs. Another tried and tested trick is uh, beer traps. Slugs fall in and drown. You just have to hope they head straight to the beer trap before they eat all of your plants. Morning, David. Morning. What you got uh, for us, boss? What's a slug made of? <laughs> Something slimy. Yeah, exactly. That's all That's all we know. Imagine that. There's a creature that stalks this earth. We know not what it is made of. <laughs> um, I didn't really want to talk about slugs. I wanted to talk about the previous uh, person who was discussing uh, the housing for the young oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. 
Um, she mentioned that uh, Milton Keynes Council uh, was using an internet-based uh, application. Yeah. And which was unfair for people who didn't have access to it. I know where you're going. Go on. Yes. Um, and I suppose it leads back to the guy calling from the southeast about the... Uh, Gareth. Uh, about the aeroplanes, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Information. A lot of people I don't have internet access. There was, yeah, there was two drop-in centres. Yeah. Where? And how did, we, how did we find that info? Yes, uh, on the internet. On the... On the I, yeah, I know. I, I, and part of me felt I should mention it, and part of me thought, oh, she's doing... You know, they're doing a good job. And I, but, yeah, but yeah, no, you're... Criticism. It's purely just uh, maybe... If someone could just say, we have one here and we have one here. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, David. And uh, on, on, uh, uh, um, do you know what? I'm not sleeping very well at the moment. On a, a perkier day, I would have said, oh, what's the phone number? Perhaps I should have done that. But thank you for flagging it up. That's OK. Cheers, my dears. We are, we are um, dependent... We are dependent on uh, the, uh, the the internet and the computers. And isn't it, David, you're absolutely right, and I should have picked that up. Here Thank we go you. then. Salvation Army, Ramsons Avenue, Conneborough, Milton Keynes, Mondays between 11 to 1.30. And then in Bletchley, it's on Wednesdays, and it's the Queensway Methodist Church Hall between 10 and 1.30. How do I get there? Google Maps. Now, <laughs> uh, we, still, we still don't know um, what a slug is made of, and that, I just think, is... Um... Well, you know it's all foot. What? That's what the slug, the base of the slug, the thing that slimes along, is its foot. And it's a mollusk, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, sure. What, what is a slug made of? What is a slug made of? I love you not being on Mike Kelly. It makes, makes it feel a little bit um, lower rent than we actually are. Imagine being lower rent than this. I mean, gosh. Sorry? You're welcome. She's thank you. I, uh, I'm just about getting it. 03459 455555. More exciting radio after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, the lanes closed anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar because of a three-car accident and queues are back through the Homestead Tunnel. Also in Essex on the M25 clockwise, it's closed between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock with long delays on the approach to the Two Bridge. On the M1 towards London, it's busy at Junction 9 for Redbourne and the A1 is slow southbound approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St. Neots Junction. In High Wycombe, the A40 London Road is looking busy now around uh, in both directions. And on the trains, Great Northern are reporting half-hour delays between Stevenage and King's Cross and Moorgate because of a signal problem at Hartford North. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.16, it's uh, Friday the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says his greatest challenge will be to secure a fair deal from the government over funding. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And a man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. This afternoon, I'm joined by one of the nation's favourites. I hope people get a lot of fun from stories and readings and I've got some wonderful archive material that I've unearthed. Michael Palin discusses his diaries. I enjoy talking about my work. It's part of what you have to do anyway, but I mean, I don't think I'd have published diaries if I didn't want somebody to read them and talk about them. His career. The idea of preparing for Monty Python made me aware that I enjoy being on stage, enjoy being in front of a live audience. And his life. Other times you will just have to persuade someone that they should pay for the work you want to do. Michael Palin, with me, Nick Coffer, today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now, the owner of a steakhouse in Watford has been ordered to pay almost four fares and pans for passing off horse meat as zebra and venison as wildebeest. Kunal Sony was told to pay the fine after pleading guilty to misinforming customers at the Steakhouse restaurant in St Albans Road. Well, Richard Thake is the Cabinet Member for Community Safety at the County Council. Uh, morning, Richard. Good morning, Ian. How, how did you find out about this bloke? Uh, this was a uh, customer who was suspicious of the, uh, uh, of the description um, and reported the trading standards, which is how off we often do much of our work. Essentially, the eyes and ears are our, are our consumers, and we... It- are there to protect them. Is zebra, is zebra legal in this country? Uh, I, you know, I, I, that's a very good question. Good good journalist question. I, I, one of the things that we will have done in... Yeah. Uh, it, you don't it, know the it, answer. I'm not, I'm not having no, you, no, you don't no, know, no, do you? And that's no, fine. No, one of the things we will have done, I'm going to give you an honest answer. Yep. One of the things we will have done as part and parcel of this investigation, rather than just nicking him, uh, which obviously is satisfa- satisfying, yeah. would have been to check the legitimacy yeah. of, the, of the product chain. Because what's, what we're dealing with here is a misinformation... Uh, that are, I cannot imagine why anyone would want to eat those exotic meats, oh. but people do. Oh, and come on. Pre- you, if, you're, if you're out in a restaurant and you, 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 your wife or your wife nudges, hey, look, they've got zebra. Should we, should we have a uh, bit of the zebra? Probably not, no. no really? Not, 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 not my taste, although I okay. have to say, when I went out in Africa, I have uh, tried exotic stuff, but I, uh, they've obviously dressed this stuff up yeah. to make a profit. Uh, and as part and parcel of the, of the investigation, training standards mechanisms would have been to check the, 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 the chains. Now, obviously, horse and venison are legitimate uh, foodstuffs in the, in the food chain. And if they came from a legitimate sources, you're dealing with a misinformation situation and, and a bit of profiteering. If, it, if they were bought into the food chain illegally, uh, then obviously those investigations would have gone back beyond uh, that particular thing. And if it came from another area... We'd have brought in those training standards, yeah. if it, and if it was illegal, we would have brought the police in. And how so does it work, Richard? Is it, does he get a, does he get a knock on the door at six o'clock in the morning saying, "Morning, uh, sir, we're from the trading standards. Can we come and look at your zebra?" Is it, you know, I'm being slightly flippant, but is that how it works? They just kind no, of turn well, up. Well, it can do. It can do. We have we have the most amazing dr- draconian uh, powers in, in, under the uh, under the REPA uh, Act, which is essentially the. Uh, our capacity to go in and and carry out covert surveillance, which obviously we use sensibly. Yeah. In this particular case, um, my understanding is that we uh, went in and did a test purchase and um, tested the stuff. Because ah. it doesn't exactly scream on the plate, you know. Look, I'm a zebra. No. <laughs> well, no. Does it happen very often? People um, passing off, you know, a cheaper meat as something a little bit more exotic and therefore a bit more expensive. Well, by and by and large, the, the 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 majority of the of the meat sources, of course, are are not restaurant. They they come through the supermarket chains and legitimate bushes, and uh, they work with us. And um, we understand the, the practices, and they understand our requirements. And so, by and large, you can confidently say that that that, that, that it's fairly rare for stuff to be bought in. But it does happen, and in this particular case, um, we're dealing with somebody claiming to have uh, be selling something that they weren't. Uh, well, Richard, listen, well done. And um, listen, if we're ever out and about and we see zebra on the menu, I, I'm treating you to it, because we've got to have some. Richard Thake, Cabinet Member for Community Safety at the County Council. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now I'm, now I'm a meat eater... I'll chomp down on any old bit of meat. Meat's meat, isn't it? Any old bit of meat, I'll yeah. shove it in my face. What about you, Kels? Yeah. There we go. Love it. I'll have a zebra. Of course I'll have a zebra. Bad horse, what's the difference? You can get snake, can't you? I bet snake's yeah, delicious, oh no. actually. It's all muscle, isn't it, I suppose? 
I imagine it's like a big prawn. What? How is it like a big prawn? Well, because it's got... Because it's, it's full a, of feces. It's a tube and it's got a stripe of, yeah, through the middle. I don't fancy Dude, that. Dude, I'm going to ask a question and it's going to sound like I'm being flippant. This is a genuine question, mm. right? Can I use medical language? Oh, I'm hoping you can. Does a snake have an anus? Yes. Where? At the, like the tippy tip of the Not tail? The tip, Does no, it like bit, squeeze out like a toothpaste tube? A bit further up and it looks like bird poo. Does it really? Mm, yeah. So it's actually, it's actually got a hole? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Necessary. Why? Sorry? I want to know about the world I live in. What are you going to do with it? Put a cork in it. Explode a snake. There's a disgusting picture on Twitter from Russ. Oh, why have I missed it? Because he sent it directly to me. Oh, of course he would. It's his young daughter. She's six. That's not disgusting. She's adorable. Um, But she's got one, two, three, four, five. Uh, She's got five snails on her arm. Just sat on her arm. Oh. That is disgusting. That is messed up, man. Swear to God, that is messed up. My kids like snails, though. No. I always feel guilty when I, when I tread on one. Ever eaten a snail? I don't eat a snail. I've eaten a snail. Snails, uh, they're all right. They just taste of garlic because they're eaten, smothered in garlic. I didn't chew. I just swallowed it. My, bo- my, my eldest loved it. He loved it. Can I, can I get another snail out for you, Daddy? Yeah, sure. You know, Maybe we should go indoors and cook them. Nah, it, these are fine. It's not just a French thing because they, they were eating them in Spain, but they were like tiny little, like the ones you find at the bottom of the garden. I had yeah. to go on them and all. Yeah. Bo- it's like bogey. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Don't um, say you don't know what it tastes like. No, it's not. It's not particularly pleasant. Uh, it's, it's just garlic in it because they mm. smother it in garlic. Yeah. Here we go. A puppy survived thirty minutes um, in the tumble dryer after being innocently shut in by a toddler. That wasn't innocently Innocent. shut in. They that don't toddler know thought, "Hmm, I, look, dog tumble dryer. Hmm, that's got to be fun for everybody involved." Two-year-old Sienna Edwards. I don't like the name Sienna. Why? I just don't trust it was playing with her Boston Terrier, Penny. Big bug eyes, that dog. Mm. When she popped the dog into the machine as part of a game. There we go. There we go. There's nothing innocent about that. Mother Christine, she a nun, 31, <laughs> had no idea the three-month-old pup was inside. And her eldest daughter, Megan... Oh, no. Who turned it on? Who Megan, oh, who was helping her do-, do the laundry, turned on the dryer at the highest setting... <sighs> In fact, I think we have a recording of the noise. I've got a recording of the noise um, that that dog. Um, uh, yeah, it made it made this noise, guys. Made that noise as it rattled around. Half an hour later, mother of three, Christine, realised Penny was missing. She checked the dryer and found the dog among the hot sheets. You know the bad part of this story? Got to do the washing all over again. I know, because those sheets would be filthy, won't they? After holding the... (laughs) They will be, come on. After holding the limp pup under the cold tap to cool her down, Christine drove straight to the vet, but miraculously the the puppy escaped with just a burnt tummy, mouth and eye. Oh, little darling. Ever been inside a tumble dryer, David? Yes, thank you. You've been inside one, have you? No. Well, you... yeah, repairing it. But how's your Why car? You... It's not, mate. Well, who told you? You... Well, how's your car? It's not. Well, it's not what? It's all got an oil leak. It's what? It's got an oil leak. Yeah, I thought... I, I thought you were getting it fixed. I, I was supposed to. I paid out the money for it, but it's still got a... a an oil leak. God, your life is, um... Yeah, I know, it's like you're... Excuse well, me. Yeah, excuse, excuse me. me. Excuse me. Am I talking? Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I talk? 
Can I get a word in his way, dear, please? Yeah, you can get a word in somewhere. Yes, boss, what would you like to say, David? Always a pleasure right. to hear your dull sit tones. When you on holiday again, boss? I might have one next week, the way things are going. Why? Good, good. Sorry? Well, we, get just, we get Justin back because these records you'll play between six and seven. Yeah, it's good stuff, you isn't it? From Noah's Ark. Um, well, <laughs> uh, they wouldn't have had a record player in biblical times, mate, because Jesus well, had not invented it yet. Well, hey, how old did Noah... Here's a pop quiz, guys. Yeah. I'm going to come to Kath last because she'll probably know the answer. How old was Noah when he died? And this was after he had sex with his daughters. Fact. Fact. Ponership of Noah. Fact. Daughters-in-law, surely. OK. He only had boys. How old was Noah when he died? Uh, let's start with Kelly. Kelly, I'll just say a number. 44. Incorrect. Uh, David. 67. Incorrect. Catherine? No, he was like 400 years old. He was about 827. He lived to about 827. Sweet <laughs> Lord, David. Do you know what? It's that's as if your it's all, age, isn't it? It's as if it's all nonsense. David? Yeah, that's your age, isn't it? OK, you did that joke before. Didn't get a reaction then. Didn't get a reaction second time. Want to try it a third? Well, I don't mind. Go on, then. That's your age, isn't it? I tell you what. Why don't you try, yeah. why, why don't you try it one more time? No, thank you. When are you going to go out? This is the question on everyone's lips. When are you going to go out with Justin Dealey and do a Vox? Or are you too... No, I've got to get this all sorted out, mate. OK. Say hello to Jamie. Jamie. you all right, mate. You all right, you're all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I've got a quick question for you. Yeah, go on, then. Are you Justin's dad? Yeah. I thought so. Has he told you different? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's my dad, actually, because I look younger than him. That's debatable. How do you know? I've seen a picture of you. By the way, uh, Grumpy Jamie? Yes, sir. Uh, I've, I see on Twitter you've decided to drop the Grumpy moniker. <laughs> that, uh, that's, yeah. not, that's not for you to decide, mate. Isn't it? No, it ain't. Oh, right. So, I'm afraid... You're double grumps now. <laughs> That's funny, because I saw a wife called me this week, and all. <laughs> well, what did you do that was that got your double grumps at home? Uh, quite a lot, actually, this week. I've been in trouble quite a bit. Oh, mate, really? Yeah. Um, are we allowed to ask why? Probably best to don't say it on air, yet. <laughs> Jamie's old yet. Oh, he's, he's, he's in proper trouble, Dave, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've got to say, Dave, your um, your phone calls, they always do fill a gap when I'm about four minutes short. So I really appreciate that, mate. Thank you. That's all right. At any time, just no. give me a ring. No. When you've got an you know. bye. Tutty bye. Yeah, bye. Have a nice weekend. And here we Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long delays for five miles because the lanes close between junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. Also, clockwise in Essex on the M25, it's been closed between junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock. Queues are from junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout now. On the A1 southbound, it's very slow from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner. And in High Wycombe, it's busy on the A40 London Road in both directions in High Wycombe. And looking at the trains, the Great Northern services have half-hour delays between Stephen.
Stevenage and King's Cross and Moorgate because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Last 30 minutes of the show, uh, it's kind of descended into uh, a free-for-all. 03459 You can text as well, uh, 81333, start your text 3CR, or email ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says his greatest challenge will be to secure a fair deal from the government over funding. Speaking on this programme, John Boucher said even more collaboration with neighbouring forces is being being considered. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at a house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And a man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Rugby World Cup starts tonight with England taking on Fiji at Twickenham. It's the first of 48 matches across six weeks at 13 venues, including three games in Milton Keynes. England flanker Tom Wood says coach Stuart Lancaster has told them to reignite the spirit of the London Olympics. Stuart's talked about it a lot, front-footing English identity and our national pride and knowing what that can do for us and trying to harness that on the back of the Olympics and what it did for the uh, British athletes. We want some of that and uh, I know it's a two-way thing. We've got to go out there and give them something to cheer about. We've got to go out and show some real intent and, and some endeavour and hopefully on the back of that it'll be a snowball effect that'll get behind us and carry us through. In last night's Europa League matches, former MK Dons midfielder Deli Ali starred for Tottenham as they beat Azerbaijan's Karabag 3-1. Liverpool drew one all in Bordeaux. The Premier League resumes tomorrow with Watford away to bottom club Newcastle. Ben Watson is expected to replace the suspended Valon Barami as Kike Flores' side bid for their second league win. We are very happy. We are working the same way than, than before the, the first win because uh, we tried to, uh, before the, the work, we tried to... Um, not change nothing. We have uh, more power, including you know, big moral after the after the first win. In the championship, a crowd of around 20,000 is expected at Stadium MK with the upper tier open as Milton Keynes Dons host Leeds. In League Two, Luton looks set to recall Steve McNulty for the home match with Mansfield due to Scott Cuthbert's suspension. Luke Guttridge is an injury doubt, though. Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet. Wickham travel to Orient. In tennis, Great Britain start their Davis Cup semi-final against Australia today. And practice starts later this morning for Sunday's Singapore Grand Prix with Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton leading the Drivers' Championship by 53 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at nine. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fair up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building Star. 
I've never spent much time in school, but I told ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so fine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Marcus. Good morning. What you got for us, Mark? Uh, the lady who's been asked to pull over one second. OK, you, you, that's OK. Well, oh, blimey, OK. Are you, I, I, have you pulled over yet? I'm done. I'm You're done. done. Good. I'm right, what you got for us, boss? Yes. The lady was speaking earlier about the homeless people, and I appreciate everything that she's done. Yeah. But uh, the councillor who was on the radio yesterday was telling us that homeless people in Milton Keynes are a priority. The local ones are a priority. So we can assume, presumably, that as they're a priority, the council are doing everything they possibly can already to help them. So I can't see why we have a problem if they're such a priority. Um, OK, so who, who are you not believing? Well, uh, well, we, we can't disbelieve a councillor, can we? Because a person like that wouldn't be telling us untruths. Well, so. I, I mean, uh, yes. I can't remember which councillor was it we spoke to yesterday. Wasn't it, it wasn't, oh. Was it us? Was it something else? Well, we didn't speak it, to a councillor today. You're talking about yesterday. Yesterday, you're saying, yeah. I'm talking about yesterday's, yeah. Oh, I, I don't, I've got, do you know, I don't even know what I did, did uh, three hours ago, Mark, let alone on yesterday's show. Yeah, it, it's a, it was three counties in general yesterday, I think. I think... Uh, oh. uh, Jonathan spent ages talking to him, but he wasn't. Oh, well, I didn't. I, I didn't hear that. Uh, well, um, it, well, you know, uh, but they, they say, say that they're doing lots of stuff. I mean, I, I can understand Milton Keynes has got a problem because they've got finite resources and uh, private landlords are pushing rents up and people are getting shipped in from uh, from London and places like that. Um, but um, well, it ain't good enough, really, is it? Is it? Well, I, well, I think that you know, if they're such a priority, then the council should be doing more. I think, and I don't think the two. The, the immigrant problem and the, and the homeless people are mutually exclusive anyway. I was just trying to be flippant, I think. I like your flippancy, Mark. I like your flippancy. Uh, my, my brain has kind, of, uh, kind of switched off for the day, which is a shame because I've got a very, very long day. Hey, listen, when you're feeling knackered, right, and, um, but you've got a load of stuff to do, what, what do you do, Mark? That's put on three counties. <laughs> oh, well, and they send you off into a nice, uh, a nice doze. Thank, Mark, thank you very much indeed. Matt's on the line. Morning, Matt. Morning. What have you got for us? Tripey bacon. Sorry? Tripey bacon. What, what are you doing? Are you, are you running away from someone? I'm walking. <laughs> Where are you walking? I'm walking to work. Stripey bacon, is this a reference to our zebra conversation zebra. earlier on? Yeah. I would love a zebra steak. I would dig right into a zebra steak if there was one. Zebra botty, mate. Zebra botty? Butty. Zebra Butty, thank you very much indeed. We'll uh, let Matt, Matt continue with his uh, walking as he discusses Zebra Butties. Wow. Uh, uh, zebra, um, uh, okay, right, fine. 03459 455 555. Hey, have you seen this story about the woman that left the baby? Have you seen this? No. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's not a good one. Oh dear. Cheating wife oh. dumps secret baby to hide affair from husband. Oh, How did she hide the secret baby from the husband? She said it was a variant cysts. <gasps> yeah, I know. Oh, this is. Yes. yes. No. 
Yes, honestly, this is such. This is. I mean, this is. I would. Uh, I, uh, I would say there's a lot more to this story than we are getting in the newspapers. But I mean, it's incredible. Maybe uh, he's not taking a close interest, and that's part of the problem. A cheating wife who became pregnant by her lover and dumped her newborn son on a door... I mean, it's a horrible story. There's no laughs here, guys. Uh, 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 and dumped her newborn son on a doorstep, walked free from court yesterday. Probably the right decision. Minutes after abandoning the boy, Leanne Varley returned home and booked a holiday of a lifetime to Disney World in Florida. Varley, who has two children with her husband, hid the pregnancy from him by claiming the ovarian, the, claiming ovarian cysts had caused the swelling. Oh, God, this is so sad. She d- didn't want to keep it, did she? She delivered her son alone <gasps> in the bathroom using kitchen scissors to cut the umbilical oh, cord, or as some people say the umbilical. Oh, flippin' heck. After placing the placenta in a carry bag, she put it in her wheelie bin before moving the baby. Varley went round the corner from her home in Horden, County Durham, and left him wrapped in a dressing gown on the doorstep of a oh. nearby flat. She left a note saying, Please take care of my baby boy. Please don't go public. My husband is violent and will kill me. Now, uh, it's a really sad story, but there's a really weird picture, and I'm trying to work out who this picture... um... Oh, okay, right. So, I mean, okay, there's a really weird picture, right? There's three pictures. There's a picture of the the, the mum leaving court. There's um, the picture of um, the uh, uh, house cordoned off and police, and I'm guessing that's where the, 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 um, the, the baby was found. Then there's a picture of an old woman holding up a dog and smiling. Oh, why? I think she's the woman that found the baby. What's the dog got to do with it? The court heard the baby was found... Oh. Oh. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the court heard the baby was found by a dog named Zach. <laughs> why do we need to know the dog's name? I mean... Great name. Which began barking... <sighs> As it was being walked just before 4.45. I mean, how to take the seriousness out of a really sad story. The child was was lying in the doorway of a flat the dog owner shared with Janice Clish. So hang on a minute. So there's Janice. Well, Janice Janice Clish is the woman holding the dog, but she doesn't own Zach. She's just Jack, the Zach's mate. The child was lying in the doorway of a flat the dog owner shared with Janice Clish. I'm very... Who is this dog owner? Um, OK, well, so there's um, there's a picture of Janice Clish and Zach. No relation. That's, that's, that's weird, isn't it? I mean, that's a, I mean the story's very sad, oh, but so I'm sad. more intrigued by Janice Clish and Zach. What's their relationship? And who's the mysterious dog owner? Who wanted to remain nameless. But lives with Janice. So um, Kim Kardashian mm. is um, uh, she's she's a woman. I still don't really know. I mean, she's famous for having a fat old batty. Is that the right word, batty? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. I was going to say art, but I'm not. No, booty. She's got a fat old booty. Get your fat old booty and bring it over here. Sit on the chair. Let me clean the cushion off the other chair so there's room for it. It's funny because I don't remember her having that massive bum before. It seems to have been pumped up in recent years. Well, that's Puff Daddy, isn't it? Oh. No, that's not Puff Daddy. It's the other rap, rap, rap singer. Can- Kanye, Kanye West. Kanye. Kanye. Kanye coming here. I'm Kanye West. You Kanye coming here. I'm saying you Kanye coming here. Kanye? Kanye? Yes. What? Her famous rear... 
There's no way to talk I, about I him. I like to quote Cat Stevens. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Hers is too big. It's scary. Hers is stupid. It looks like it could eat you. Yay! Well, can you? I right, can. Her famous. She's basically. It's it's one of these stories. Honestly, there is nothing in the papers at all. So we're going to um, go through every part of Kim Kardashian's body, bit by bit, pricing it off. I don't. I mean, she, she's famous for having a big bum. That's it. Yeah, and selling. Well, she's one of these that sort of sells details of her life. That's what she does. She's a reality TV star. And what's his hit? What's his big hit? Did he do happy? No, gold digger. Sorry. Gold digger. Gold digger. I've got. In fact, I think I've got his. Um, I've got his Careful, song Careful. Make no, sure it's the radio. No, edit. I've got it. I've got it. Here it is. This is. Um, this, I think this is. Is this? Is this Kanye West? Um, yeah. Have a listen. Is this Kanye? Yeah. Here he is, Kanye West. Yeah. Okay. It's good, isn't he? On the saxophone. Mm. The saxophone, more like. Her. S- sorry? She's on the phone. Yeah. Her famous rear is said to be insured for £13 million plus. What, in case it falls off? In case it gets damaged. And has helped boost her fortune. This is a great line. Well done, Douglas White. I hope you went and bought yourself a, 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 an extra large latte after this. Has helped boost her fortune to a buttock clenching £65 million. <laughs> Gosh. In fact, Kim Kardashian knows the value of all the assets that boost her bottom line. You're right, Pete. Hello, mate. How are you? We're just looking at, we're just uh, investigating Kim Kardashian's bottom. Okay. We're studying it in great detail. Oh, fantastic. Are you a fan of Kim Kardashian? Nah. Okay. The reality TV star's face and figure are her fortune. <laughs> and she has shrewdly built up brand Kim to sell a huge range of products. <laughs> um, OK, so we can pick a part of her body, Peter, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll tell you how much it's worth. Um, a little finger. OK, I can tell you that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Her, her fingers... Are worth um, two million pounds. What each? No, I think in total. All right. Because she does um, um, uh, finger glosses. Oh, <laughs> finger glosses. P- no pick a part of her body, Kelly. Kneecap. <laughs> well, knee. What? Um, kneecaps. The same worth, legs. They're worth twenty-five pence. Oh. Not a lot there. Kath, pick a bit of her body. Um, appendix. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's her waist. <laughs> well, appendix are wasteful. We don't need them. Eight point five million pounds for a waist. Oh, she plugs quick trim weight loss pills. Oh, oh do they work? That sounds good. She's pregnant. What's that got to do with anything? Well, she'll lose weight if she lose about oh, four pounds. Her she? lips are worth three million pounds. Gosh, three million pound lips, eh, Pete? That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a lot. It's a lot of money just for kissing. I mean, she's a very, pr- she's a pretty girl. Her eyes are worth £2.5 million. Um, her skin... So if you if you manage to catch Kim Kardashian, Peter, and skin yeah. her, and then sell that... And I don't know, you probably sell it on the dark web or something, or maybe on QVC. <laughs> you'd get £13 million quid for Kim Kardashian's skin. £13 million. One, th- one three. So how much is she in total worth? 65 million quid. 65 million pounds. You, you got you got any change? No, but if I was her husband, mate, I'd get rid of her. 
Wow, blimey. Contra- well, it's seller on the open market. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M25 anti-clockwise. There's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar, which is causing queues after an accident happened. And in Essex on the clockwise M25, it's been closed between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock, which is causing queues from the Brook Street roundabout. On the North Orbital Road in Brickett Wood, it's very busy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Watford, it's slow as well on 8 Exchange Road around Beach and Grove. And in Chesham on St Mary's Way, it's looking busy on the speed sensors between Church Street in Chesham and the Oakfield Corner in Amersham. On the trains, Great Northern have half-hour delays between Stevenage and King's Cross and Moorgate because of a signalling problem at Hartford North. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. It's nearly over, guys. Don't worry. 8.46. It is uh, for Friday, the 18th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says his greatest challenge will be to secure a fair deal from the government over funding. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear at Luton Crown Court today. And a man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We're expecting to see some pretty heavy showers right across the three counties for today. Uh, some of the showers, um, yeah, very heavy. A rumble or two of thunder, always possible. And uh, they tend to be quite slow moving as well because of the light winds. So we could see quite a lot of surface water from them. Something to definitely watch out for today. Interspersed with lots of dry, bright spells, of course. Some spells of sunshine at times. We've had some mist and fog patches around so far this morning. Tending to lift now and things that will brighten up. Top temperatures today in the best of that brightness will be up to around 17 or even 18 Celsius that's 64 in Fahrenheit just watch out for the showers they'll tend to rumble on into the evening rush hour too and then they'll fade away quite quickly tonight quite hopeful for a dry night at uh, Twickenham course for the rugby tonight um, and then uh, staying dry with some mist and fog patches again forming into tomorrow morning temperatures away from the towns dropping into single figures they're quite a chilly start to the weekend but Saturday and Sunday both are looking dry we'll see plenty of sunshine around and uh, it'll be quite chilly by night quite misty through the mornings and rather unsettled into the start of next week. So enjoy this dry weekend ahead. That's the forecast. Three Counties Sport. The live commentaries tomorrow afternoon. A Newcastle versus Watford. MK Dons hosting Leeds. Luton against Mansfield. And Stevenage away to Barnet. How do you see it going between Hornets and Newcastle? Watford, good start to the season. Solid, aren't conceding many goals. What about MK Dons against Leeds? Massive away following. This is going to be tough for Milton Keynes Dons. Luton at home to Mansfield. They're still not really hitting their straps. They need to sort themselves out quickly. And Stevenage at Barnet. They're picking up the results under Teddy Sheringham. This could be a close one. Find out how your team gets on in Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Hey, listen to this. Who's a fan of flying? I'm not. Since I went on a ferry in Greece, I think something's happened to my uh, equilibrium. Can you believe that, Kelly? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, I can't. I can't um, be a passenger in any form of vehicle without feeling nauseous. Makes me nauseous being a passenger in a car. Not even my smooth driving. Yeah, I think it's to do with. Uh, I think something happened to me on the ferry. 
Hmm. Listen to this. This is terrifying. This is not to do with ferries. This is to do with other modes of transport. And uh, I'm not a fan of flying at the best of times. But imagine this. Uh, terror as bird strike cripples holiday oh, jet. Yeah. A holiday jet made an emergency... Oh, imagine making an emergency... Andrew, ever been on a plane when um, uh, you, you thought you were going to die? <laughs> Sorry? Never. No. <laughs> uh, I have. I've been on one with really bad turbulence where people started crying. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, flipping it. Not now. Not now. <laughs> uh, go on, Andrew. What you got for us? Yeah, I was just listening to you about talking about slugs earlier on. And uh, the best way to get rid of slugs is to encourage the hedgehogs in the garden. Like, uh, well, uh, well, you say I that as though that's easy to do. How does one encourage a hedgehog into the garden? Well, we... Mum used to put some, a few bits of leftover croissants in the garden. Leftover left left what? Croissants. <laughs> they don't eat croissants, do they? Well, very middle class yeah, hedgehogs. They love, they love them, yeah. And uh, we started off with a couple of hedgehogs, and uh, we've got over 10 in the garden now. Didn't uh, watch them on the CCTV at night. And, uh, they... There's no slugs in the garden anymore. We used to have hundreds of slugs. But now you've got. Now. So, okay, so what do you use to get rid of the hedgehogs? <laughs> Yeah, it's the old lady who swallowed the fly syndrome all over again. Yeah. We well, need to get a horse or something. Yeah, I say. I just say one thing I try to say to people is don't don't put slugs in it down because they uh, kill the hedgehogs. Oh blimey, they're very noisy hedgehogs, aren't they? They like to snuffle a lot. They do a bit, yeah. Do you but leave I'd out? Rather, do... I'd rather have the hedgehogs any day. Than yeah, I know what you mean. Do you leave out any little sources of milk for them? No, milk's not good for them. What? Milk's not good for oh, you're joking. The 70s, I was killing... So it turns out I was, I was killing yeah. hedgehogs and I was killing ducks because you're not supposed to give ducks bread. Oh, I think hedgehogs are lactose intolerant. Oh, flipping heck. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sorry, sorry 70s hedgehogs. Yeah, little bowl, little bowl of water. That's fine for Well, Andrew, thank you for that. Well, I've, 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 you're not supposed to give ducks bread either. No, I know. It gives them the I runs, doesn't it? I don't buy this stuff about not giving ducks bread. I think it's a scam for the little shops by rivers and uh, boating lakes to make uh, a few extra quid by selling cat food wrapped up in plastic bags and labelled as bird food. I wonder as well whether... Quid a bag? You're having a laugh. I wonder as well whether it's about the um, bread going a bit slimy on the side. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that, um, that, that you shouldn't be giving um, bread to ducks. I don't, I don't buy that. It's, I think it's, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy by the um, the boathouse keeper to uh, do that. A holiday jet made an emergency landing yesterday after a suspected bird strike left... What's a bird strike? It's when they fly into the um, oh, swirly bits. Uh, left flames shooting from one engine. <gasps> Passengers heard a bang. <laughs> Flipping heck. I bet they did. Uh, that, that's Monday's phone. In places you do not want to hear a bang. Top of the list, Airplane. Passengers heard a bang and the Jet 2 crew told them, Brace! 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 <gasps> One woman, fearing she and her children were about to die, texted her mother... Oh, no. All right. So you think you're going to die on an aeroplane, right? you got your kids with you. you got one text. Who are you going to text? What are you going to say to them? Kelly, you first. What do you reckon? I've got a WhatsApp group with all my friends in it. What would you text them? Okay. Kath, you got one text, you got your kids on the plane, you're going to die. What are you going to text? Who are you going to text? What are you going to say? Probably my sister. Yep. And I would put, I'm going to die, the treasure's in the dot, dot, dot. Um, one woman, fearing she and her children were about to die, texted her mum asking her to take care of her pets. Oh. Now, 
I would kind of like to assume that when I die, that those people around me will know to take care of the pets. So you think the pets are going to be left there to languish and go, she never said. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the 144 on board took videos of orange flames. I know what colour fire is. Coming from the Boeing 737's port engine, left, during its descent into Manchester Airport. Oh, so they were nearly landing. They weren't over the ocean or anything. That's when they get you. I've seen films. Onlookers on the ground told how they heard the jet popping and backfiring as it flew low over the city. Fire crews stood by as the flight from Barcelona landed safely at Manchester. 20 minutes after the drama began. Some passengers, of course they did. (laughs) Some passengers posted selfies as they waited to get off the plane. (laughs) Wow. Afterwards, several described their ordeal. This is like, this is written in the style of what I did at the holidays. Catherine Lowe, 28, from Bolton, who was travelling with her partner Simon Hampson and their three children, not married. Hang on a second. This is written so badly, James Tozer, name and shame. Right, so we're about seven paragraphs in. Catherine Lowe, 28, from Bolton, who was travelling with her partner Simon Hampson and their three children, texted her mum. Guess what she texted her mum? Um, I don't know. Look after the pets. Now, it's either the same oh, it's either the, the same, same woman, woman or everybody on that flight was obsessed with their pets. It was horrible, she said. Simon told me he'd seen the sparks. Good band. You could hear the banging. Well, you would like you like you think you're going to die, you might as well. If it's Bolton, she's a bit more oh no than that. She's a bit more oh no. It, oh no, it was just terrifying. I burst into tears. I really thought that might be it and that my pets would never get fed ever again. <laughs> Um, Alan's on the line. Morning, Alan. Oh, morning. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, fella. What you got for us? Remember the plane years ago where I went over the ash cloud and um, oh, yeah. it stopped all the engines and the uh, pilot actually said that brace yourself, we're going to hit the ocean within two minutes. Yeah. And then because the speed, the philosophy of the speed, the plane going down, hitting the... Uh, yeah. No, the speed going down towards the ocean. It's uh, Mag- it it's engines out, then it yeah. went back up again. Yeah. What would you turn? What would you do if you turn around and take your partner? You got the last two minutes with her. What would you say to her? There'd be a lot of apologising. Um, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd that, ask her... Can you imagine turning around and say, I've been having an affair with your sister, oh. but it doesn't really matter now. Then the pilot oh. says, everything's OK, oh, we're going back heck. up again. <laughs> that, would, that would land you in trouble. I think I'd yeah, say to her, yeah. have we got anyone that can feed the pets? <laughs> that, that would oh, be can my... you open the door quickly? Okay, that would be the prime concern. Thank you, Alan. I'm just moving on because I want to squeeze Trish in. Morning, Trish. Morning. What you got for us, boss? Um, you were talking about ducks and bread. Yeah. When you look at Canada geese, quite often you'll see them with one wing stuck out that looks like it's broken. I've never seen that. Have you not? No, are they the, the like they're like the sort of blacky browny ones? The, the black and white geese, yeah. The red beak. They, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. quite often when one of their wings will be splayed out backwards yeah. like it's deformed or broken. Yeah. That's because they're eating bread and they're You're not getting ju- the right nutrients. You're having a laugh. No. That's you, true. Do you own a little boathouse or an ice cream parlour near um, the River Thames? No, I don't. Okay. Well, what is in those bags that we are feeding them, that we're supposed to feed them then? Um, it's just proper bird food. But I did try... I went down the water gardens with real duck food and tried to feed the ducks it, and they wouldn't touch it because yeah. they're so used to bread. But yeah. <laughs> bread is not good for them. It just stodges them up without giving them nutrition. But but um, it, was good, it was good for them in the 70s. What am I supposed to do with my stale bread then? <laughs> I have to say I don't feed ducks with, with funny wings, but I know it's what... 
They're the ones. Oh, okay, right. I, I've never seen a goose <laughs> with a funny wing. Hey, why do all boat boating lakes and rivers? They have that mysterious little island, don't they, in the middle of them? That's really <laughs> overgrown, and it's just full of like feathers there. And that's where uh, that's where they the, the ducks and the swans and the geese live, is it? Yeah, it's somewhere safe until lay their eggs. But but is that? I'm assuming then that's where they die. Who goes and? I'm, it's, it's a horrible thing. But someone's. Going, who goes and clears up the the goose corpse? I have no idea. Yeah, well, be foxes, won't it? You got to think. How are the fox going to get on Duck Island? Thank you, Trish. How's the fox going to get on Duck Island in a boat? In I don't like know. They they're cunning. Rats. Oh, well, they'll, they'll trick the duck. They they'll will. say, "Take us over and take us over." And I swear to God, I will not eat you. Then they eat them, and then they die. So okay. I still don't know how they get to the island. <laughs> Mr. Hampson, twenty-nine, said it was really scary. The kids were upset and crying when I saw the sparks. Good band. I couldn't believe it, but I didn't want to make a scene and frighten everyone else even more. But inside, I was pooping my pants. Oh, dear. <laughs> Paul Wally, 28, from Lytham, Lancashire, was returning from holiday with girlfriend Helen Ellis, to whom he just proposed. OK, well, they think they're a bit posh in Lytham. Crew mo- members told them, We don't know what's happening! <laughs> Mr Wally said, Then the cabin crew came and saw the best position! And we came down there screaming, Best! 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 An airport worker told the Manchester Evening News a bird flew into the engine. The bird was sucked in. I think we all have by this story. <laughs> that's what caused Is it. still it, going on, this story? That's what caused it to backfire. Last night, the aircraft, which is almost 28 years old, is <laughs> I could sum this story up in two sentences. Yeah. Bird hits plane, it's all all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all all right, guy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are delays anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potters Bar because of a three-car accident, so there's a lane closed there still. On the clockwise M25 in Essex, between Junction 30 for Lakeside and 31 for West Thurrock, it's closed. That's causing delays towards Security Bridge from the Brook Street roundabout. And in High Wycombe on the A40, that's looking very slow in both directions. Also in Chesham on St Mary's Way, it's busy southbound between Church Street and Oakfield Corner in Amersham. In Bedford on the A. Six is very slow around St John Street and London Road, and on the trains Great Northern still have half-hour delays between Stevenage and Kings Cross and Moorgate. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Have a nice weekend and all that. I'm going to be in Cambridge tonight. If you want to come and hang out, you can come out and hang out in Cambridge, isn't it? Ah, looks like we made it. To the end, a new podcast will be up in a few hours. You can get it on iTunes or the BBC Three Counties uh, website. I don't know what that is. Thank you, Kells. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Catherine. Until Monday at 6. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Do you think older homeowners have a duty to downsize? A financial watchdog has said pensioners living in homes too big for them must downsize to tackle the housing shortage. The Financial Conduct Authority has advised ministers to tackle blockages at the top of the market. The over 50 specialist saga, they've slammed the comments, calling them insulting, since older homeowners have worked hard all their lives to live in the homes they love. 
The Homeowners Alliance agree there is a problem, but they say there's nowhere for older people to move to once they sell up. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this story today. Do you think older homeowners have a duty to downsize? Here's the telephone number for your call. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, New Bedfordshire Police Chief urges the community to trust his force. Man back in court charged with Hemel Hempstead murder and councillor welcomes fine for fake zebra meat. BBC Three Counties Radio. The new Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says his greatest challenge will be to secure a fair deal from the government over funding. John Boucher says even more collaboration with neighbouring forces is being discussed and has called on the community to trust his force after a number of high-profile cases, including deaths in custody. I understand the concerns that some elements of the community will have about uh, the force. What I can say, and everything I've seen in the last 15 months, has demonstrated that the police officers and staff of Bedfordshire Police come to work literally to a person every day to help people and make things safer for them. Uh, and long may that continue. A man charged with murdering a mother of two at her house in Hemel Hempstead will appear in court again later today. 23-year-old Marcin Porsinski is also charged with two counts of kidnap and is due before Luton Crown Court. 37-year-old Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death on Monday. A man is in a critical condition after being stabbed in Milton Keynes yesterday afternoon. Police were called to St George's Way in Wolverton shortly after four o'clock. The victim, a man in his 30s, was taken to hospital with life-threatening injuries. Thames Valley Police say they believe it's not a random attack. They're hunting for those responsible. Six people are due to appear in court today accused of attacking and seriously injuring a Watford supporter in Wolverhampton. Nick Crewis from Hemel Hempstead was making his way home after the game in March. Four 18-year-olds, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old will appear at Wolverhampton Magistrates Court. Young homeless people are being put at risk because local councils are failing to assess how vulnerable they are. That's according to the charity Centrepoint, who say last year less than 17% of homeless young people in central Bedfordshire were assessed to see if they needed urgent housing. Gaia Marcus is from Centrepoint. A lot of councils will do what's known as prevention and relief, where they might not 